Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real to real and we are exploring the Star Trek universe with the next generation movies. Oh man, today we're talking about the best damn one ever here. I'm Nick. I'm Kaz. I'm Dan. I'm Jess. And who do we have on the line for this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Sir, also appearing in this film. I don't quite have the baby face that I used to to qualify for that picture, but I'm sure that <laughs> my presence here qualifies enough. <laughs> Kennedy, man, good to have you here. Good to have you. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. It's good to see you guys. It's um, good to see you too. I have a inkling of what we're doing today. Uh, don't <laughs> worry, you'll figure it out when we figure it out too. Don't worry. It's been what two hundred twelve episodes we've been doing this. This is two hundred twelve. Yeah, so yeah, but we're still we're still, still figuring it out. Yeah, out. we're still figuring it out as we go along. I think we got a. I can tell you that system. is a that is a hundred and one episodes more than anything I have ever done. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, <brother. laughs> yeah. oh. Good uh, on you. That is that is great. Uh, should I introduce myself? Go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Kennedy Phillips. I'm a sound designer by trade. Uh, you may remember me from such productions as Hell of a Boss, Has Been Hotel, uh, most recently uh, Far Fetched, which, as of this recording, was released today. Uh, Satina and a couple of others. I'm also known for the audio drama Vegas Elgar, which is a fantasy comedy you can see wherever audiobooks are sold, wherever pods are cast. If you are a fan of Terry Pratchett or The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yes, and I gotta say, I've watched through what I could find of Hell of a Boss, and it's the funniest damn show I've ever seen. As of uh, recording, there are four episodes up right now. There's the pilot and then three episodes. Oh, good. So I got it all. Okay, good. Yeah, it's... We we have eight episodes planned. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, beautiful. Okay, good, good. Good. Can you, like... I... I, One thing I've been wanting to pick your brain on, if you could give, like, a little bit of what it is in your own words and, like, how did you come to be in that... um, on that particular project for a hell of a boss? I can tell you that it happened almost entirely by a fluke. Yeah. Um, Pretty much like the show for us. Going back about five or six years, uh, I was just a uh, humble editor, freelance sound designer person who was doing uh, whatever job he could get his hands on. Uh, Mostly I was working on short films, uh, independent feature-length movies where I was working with a fraction of what I was actually worth. Uh, and I was getting frustrated. I was near the point where I was ready to just give up the whole thing. No Until man. I came to the conclusion that I wanted to make my own show. Yeah. Uh, saying, you know what, I'm going to try directing one last time, which led to me making the audio drama Magus Elgar. And I got nominated for a couple of awards uh, by the Audio Publishers Association, the Audioverse Awards, and a couple of others. And most of my family and friends were saying, you should turn this audio drama into an animated thing. So I got in contact with a couple of uh, people who went to the same college as I did, and they got me in contact with some of the people that worked on the Hasbin Hotel pilot who wanted to work with me. Um, we made a couple of animated shorts of Magus Elgar, and during that time, I asked them, so hey, how, how is Hasbin Hotel doing? And they're like, well, it's fine. Uh, we've got the composer who's also the sound designer, but it, it's looking like that it's going to be getting 
pretty close to the wires, so they're not going to have much to do for the sound design work. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I could potentially work on that if you wanted to. <laughs> don't, you don't, I mean, like, not to, not, to, not to skirt my business card into something that you're working on elsewhere. And uh, she took one look at one of my animated pilots that I uh, helped, that I sound, I wrote, directed, sound design. And she goes, yeah, good. Put them in. <laughs> That's awesome. So I get, so I, I, uh, I get like a month to work on hell of a, uh, to work on Hasman Hotel. And I go way too far in terms of like above and beyond what is considered acceptable for like an indie pilot in the 30 days that I worked with her, I must've done over like, I think it was like 200 hours of, oh. of actual sound design work. 80 of which was done in like the last four days. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, when we got on there, uh, the reviews for my sound work was admittedly a mixed because yeah. uh, some people really liked the sound work that I did and some people thought I went too far, which mm. is fair. That, that's entirely fair. But uh, Viv really liked my work. Like she really liked what I was doing and wanted me to come on for Hell of a Boss. Yeah. So I did the pilot and that went over well and I worked on Zoophobia with her and that went over well. And... Things were lined up that we were about to sign on this big thing where I'd be the sound designer for Hell of a Boss. Uh, then she got contacted by the composer for Harley Quinn, the animated series. Ooh. And they went to talk, they got to talking, and he wanted to be the composer for Hell of a Boss. And he said, You know what? I've got an amazing sound team. I'm going to go and tap their shoulders and bring them in. Um, and she signed on George Peters as a sound supervisor. And it was starting to look like I was, I was probably going to get uh, sidelined. But Viv actually sat down with him and said, look, I want you to seriously consider this guy. He's wicked talented. He's a, he's a great sound designer. Please give him a shot. Uh, so they put me on like a, a test probationary period where I got to I sound designed a bunch of shorts to, to prove myself. And okay. ever since... Um, I've been on the sound team as a Foley artist, uh, and I've been I've been sound designing um, more and more of the projects depending on availability and, and demand. Um, the most I've worked on for the for Hell of a Boss right now has been episode three, where I did a good portion of the sound design and all the Foley. Mm -hmm. which wow. is like footsteps, clothing rustle, yeah, yeah, handling, yeah. all of those yeah. things. Um, and it's been it's been a blast to work on. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. What's yeah. your most unexpected Foley sound-making thing? That's a good question. You know, like when they yeah. twist celery? Yeah. celery to get a bone yeah. break, right? Well, funny enough, um, it was when I was working on episode seven of Magus Elgar called Just Add Drexler. In the, in the episode, mm. our heroes make their way over towards the town of Glumblebin, where it has been overtaken by a giant goo monster, which turns out to be some kind of antifungal cream that has gained sentience and seeks revenge. 
Um, <laughs> Sounds like one of my games. Right? So I, had to make, so I had to find a way to make the sound of this antifungal cream. And what I ended up doing was buying uh, tapioca pudding and jello and taking a small dinner plate and going. That sounds about right. For yeah. a lot of the, yeah. the schmorpy sounds. Yep. For, for a lot of that creature moving around and the like. Never look at pasta um, salad the same way again. <laughs> uh. I, I can't confess that probably one of my favorite sounds that I got to make was surprisingly from Hasbin Hotel. Yeah. But not the sound you would think. Okay. Because oh. I, I love I love I got to de- I, I got to design Alistair. Uh, his voice and his his sound range and everything yeah. like that, and that was fun. That was a blast to make. I actually yeah. have a video on YouTube breaking down how I did uh, his voice because uh, I actually uh, uh, compartmentalized his sound design to like four different layers of uh, design. Yeah. Um, but my favorite sound was actually one that I did with like my mouth. Yeah. Uh, for a single side joke, and it's when. Um, Vaggy and Angel Dustbills kind of like give like this shrug in the back when Alistair kind of looks over to him. Yeah. And I, I was just trying to emulate this sound that I heard from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender of this weird duck chicken. Oh, yes. 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 Just the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like this weird yeah. fart sound. It's <laughs> one of my favorites. So. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Secret tunnel. I love that sound so much. Duck or fart? That could be a game. So sometimes the best sounds are the simplest. So, uh, so I actually have a question. Um, what would you say the the hardest one you've ever done is? That's a good. The one. most difficult sound yeah. you've ever done. In terms of like design, or in terms of. Like just recording a sound effect. I would say design. Like what the okay. one that frustrated you the most? Yeah. Because the hard, the hardest um, one that I had to get a recording of mm-hmm. was I was working on this short film Amaterasu, which was basically mm-hmm. the Japanese myth of the sun goddess yep. mm-hmm. told through scrap metal scrap metal puppets. Ooh. Okay. Neat. Um, like which Kabuki was a theater a little bit. I actually had to create. The entire soundscape using nothing but scrap metal and and designs of that. So like I couldn't use realistic sound effects for footsteps or anything like that. I had to use scrap metal. Mm. Um, I couldn't use design. I couldn't design stuff that had like uh, fire or or anything like that. It all had to be built with uh, like water, metal, plastic, anything that I would find in a junkyard. Okay. Mm. Um, I got lucky. And I went to a hardware store and found these massive wind chimes. Mm. Mm. These really big wind chimes. Um, they were like the largest one was as tall as I was. I'm six foot five. Oh Damn. my god! Okay. Um, <laughs> I can look down on you. And <laughs> chiming, chiming these things a lot that made this like wonderful meditative hum to it. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And I loved doing that. I actually have here with me, I have this uh, meditation bowl mm. that yeah. I use for these kinds of sounds. Now, just hitting it by itself is one thing, but if you swirl it around, if you'll yeah. permit me a moment to ad- adjust this. Go ahead. 
Oh wow. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Hang on, I got, I got it with a better hand. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Whoa. It's really loud. Yeah. That's why I love this thing. Wow. Huh. It's... So imagine like a wind chime, like really big, where it like gives like these big gong sounds. And the the resonance that it left behind was fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I, I think you could watch Amaterasu on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's a gorgeous little film. But in terms of like the most challenging thing I've had to design was, I'm working on a, a sci-fi audio drama right now called The Sojourn. Okay. Um, one of the things that I have not really had much opportunity to design were, were uh, vehicles. Okay. Mm. Um, I don't get many opportunities to design vehicles. And for sci-fi, vehicles are very important. Right, they yeah. They help you identify yeah. a lot of character about them. Mm-hmm. You hear presence, you hear power, you hear the kind of machinery that you're dealing with. Um, and it tells a lot about the story of that, the character of that vehicle. Um yeah, because it can be as visually gorgeous as anything, but if it doesn't sound right, it just kind of pulls you right out. Yeah. yeah. This can especially be a problem during COVID, where I can't go to... Uh, I can't go record cars or anything like that, aside from mine. Right, and right. The problem is that my car... I, I've got this uh, this Audi A5, yeah. which it's, it's a very comfortable car, and it's a lovely convertible, but the engine does not sound at all impressive. Mm. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And it makes me miss my yeah. old car. Like, I, I used to have, yeah. like, a, a Mustang when I was in high school, and that thing sounded powerful. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. I drive, but, a, um, I drive a hybrid, and half the time all you hear is, like, a electric buzz. It's like, yeah. that's not even an engine now. That's just going... <laughs> yeah, I, I know what but you mean. The, uh, yeah. I know. The sound design for, for making a vehicle is a little challenging because yeah. you don't have access to vehicles most of the time. And right. Vehicles can be a very subjective thing. So yeah. if you design one, yeah. the, uh, anybody who's a car nut is going to immediately recognize right. what it sounds like unless you're very good with how you're masking it. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Oh, that's good, man. Well, I mean, I remember my dad uh, worked for an Audi dealership for like 30 years, and you know, he could pinpoint cars no matter what would happen just by the way the car stood up, you know, started up. And look, I know I can see what you mean with that, where it's just trying to be able to do it right must be, I mean, it has to be an enormous amount of pressure. Too, just to, like, you're probably, yeah. You'll probably get a laugh out of this if you end up telling your dad this. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably the only person that has a green Audi. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime that I tell somebody most, who knows Audis that yeah. they got a green Audi, they're like, what? Yeah, yeah, mostly. But, no. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sit right, but it, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he'll yeah he'll laugh with that. I think I'm talking tomorrow, uh, but yeah, um, it really is good because I, I I did have a lot of questions. I think as we go through the movie, um, where it's sitting with Foley in my head right now, I would love to pick your brain on some of the things and how you think that might have been done. Well, um, 
this is going to be an interesting experience for me because uh, I've actually had the pleasure of working with the sound designer for uh, this movie. Huh. Oh. Uh, he had me that's as right. artist for two of the projects. Two of the projects. That's that right. You about. did. That's right. Yes. I, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to remember our initial talk now. And yeah. To, and to yeah think. It's, it's interesting because um, yeah. at the time. Yeah. I was not quite skilled enough for the pedigree he was looking for. Mm. He, uh, I, I, I remember I was really mm. nervous, and when I did the foley with him, uh, he came back to me and said, I, I don't think that you are accustomed to a professional environment. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what the hell, dude? Oh, That's wow. probably the I, nicest I, way I, to I, say I that. I didn't take offense to it because he meant well. He was like, oh, yeah. I, I definitely think he's like you. Definitely have good instincts, but there is a lot in there that that is something that is making it more trouble than it's worth to have you on our team. Because mm. uh, my, my sense of timing was not great when I was when I was uh, first starting off. It's it still has some some rough spots with it, but I'm, but it's it's something that uh, when it comes to timing. For recording, uh, fully, it, it can get really subjective. Yeah. What your idea is of something that's on sync might not be the same for somebody else. Hmm. Yeah, I but, get you. Um, no, the guy, the guy's great. He's he's way yeah. talented, and he's still working, uh, doing bunch of various jobs, much like myself. Dig. Yeah. Good. And good. You know, say after hearing all this, to think. I felt accomplished when I beat Doom a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Damn. Well, it depends on the difficulty. What, what are we talking here? Like, hurt me plenty or... Uh, hurt me plenty, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, okay. not, I'm not good enough for ultraviolence. <laughs> well, when we get into things, before we get into it, we just want to uh, give a nod to our sponsor, Perfume.com, for this yes. month. Uh, Perfume.com has released a series of Star Trek perfumes, and uh, including Tiberius, Red Shirt, Pomfar, and Sulu. <laughs> now, there are if other... You ask me, I would love to get a perfume of Tribble. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's something that, sa- that smells... Like the act of the birth of life, it would be a trip. <laughs> I was going to say, it smells like wood shavings and pheromones. <laughs> yeah, that's far. Oh, well, right. well, yeah. well, maybe not the wood shavings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Pom Far, def- Pom Far definitely smells like you know, like Vulcan sweat and shame. Like yeah, Vulcan puberty. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> but we do have here for our friends who are watching on Facebook. We do have Sulu perfume, which I'm actually wearing right now. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta ask you. I gotta yeah. ask you. Does he currently smell? Like a sword fight in a hallway. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what does sword smell like? Uh, if you don't smell like a sword fight in a hallway, you truly have not lived. Have you considered voice acting? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Nation. I was ser- being serious. It's like add that to, add that to the resume. No, that that was a good voice. Yeah, I like that one. That was good. That was really good. That was impressive. All right, I'll go through, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it as good as you, but Suliparo, the perfect fragrance for men who did everything, whether they're cataloging exotic plants or collecting antique firearms or plotting piloting ancient hand helicopters, advanced starships. It's more than just choosing to live your life with style. Sulu dives straight to the soul and allows you to release your intergalactic man of mystery, that jaunty swashbuckler, fearless swashbuckler of a man. Whether he's exerting a weapon of a sword fight or commanding an Excelsior-class starship, Sulu is always ready for action. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) I still think, I'm still proud of the joke I made a few weeks ago where red shirts, when you need to smell like you're, you know, um, expendable. Expendable. There we go. It's been a long day. I I even lost my own joke. (laughs) Make it a one night stand worth remembering. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Sulu <laughs> Sulu Parom Oh my Red shirts When you need Don't need a backstory Red shirts No Ensign Ricky <laughs> Which one of you Is going to the grocery store For me <laughs> It's probably the best Pandemic Star Trek meme Yeah Oh it. Uh, all right, let's get on into the movie here with this one. And I see, like you said this, Dan, last time around, that uh, this is probably the best one. This is, uh, of the Next Generation films, this is far and away my favorite. This has been my favorite out of the entirety of the exploration. Yeah. Out of all of it. And I have, I've never seen this. Um, I think this is the first time I saw it. Yeah. I've seen it literally hundreds of times. Yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, seen, I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, it's one of those kind of films yeah. where it's it's right up there with The Fifth Element for me. Where, hmm. oh, like, Fifth Element is my, my favorite movie of all, one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. Yes. Yeah. But I understand that it's not trying to not be stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's... Like, like, uh, first contact is definitely like if you watch like the regular Star Trek Next Generation, it's a very cerebral show that yeah. Yeah. talks about the the importance of uh, of nuance and, and political intrigue, and diplomacy, and, and all that. So the soul and what it is to be human. Mm-hmm. And first contact is very clearly an action film where the yeah. product blows up the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not trying to be anything but kind of a schlocky action movie. And, yeah. it's, and I'm fine with that, honestly. Yeah. Every now and then you need a bottle yeah, like episode. It's, it's one of those things like you can turn your brain off with it and it's okay. Yep. Like I know a lot of Trekkie fans really hate that kind of stuff. That they say that the best, the best Star Trek films are the ones that you can get up, go to the store, uh, buy a sandwich, come back, sit down, and not have missed anything. Right. <laughs> that's the that's uh, motion picture. Where you can spend a solid picture. solid twenty minutes doing like a flyover of the Enterprise. We skipped that one when we started this uh, couple of month journey because it's just like, yeah, we don't need to. It's boring as hell. Okay, look at it this way: if you want a Trekkie themed uh, uh, Christmas party, you could set that up as a as a screensaver on your TV instead of a fireplace. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> 
Now, you, you made the comparison to Fifth Element, and like that really works. That's something you can have on in the background, and you don't really have to super pay attention to I it. I agree. That's, first Contact for me is like yeah. that as well. Yeah. And the Probably thing, got it memorized. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've got this damn thing memorized. I had to stop myself watching Well, we don't have a fun operatic scene. Yeah. I want a fun operatic scene. But we do have a blue alien. We do have a blue alien. We do have a blue alien. You got the gangster thing. particular scene. Um, when I was in college, my, my editing teacher absolutely detests that scene. <laughs> because every year, a student comes in to present that film, to present that scene as an example of good editing. Oh my God. And he sits there and he says, all right, this has happened so many times. I have a PowerPoint presentation to explain to you idiots why this is a terrible scene and why this is a terrible movie. Why is it so bad? Of course, this guy believes that, of course, this is the kind of guy who, when you ask him what his favorite movie of all time is, he's going to say the wild bunch by Sam Peckinpah. So, of course, he's going to say mm, that. Right. Yeah. And I see, yeah. And I see, I, I love that movie. See, I love the Fifth Element. Yeah. I've seen it got to be like 50 times. Yeah. I still couldn't tell you what happens. No. No. It's like, oh, I could tell you what happens. Yeah. It's like, yeah. A lot of stuff happens, but I couldn't tell you if it made any sense. Yeah. It, that's the thing. And that's the thing with the Luke Besson movie. It's like with Valerian. Yeah. And it's like, if you walk out of Valerian knowing what happened, then Luke Besson failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I, it's, it's a shame that Valerian wasn't as good as yeah. I was hoping for it to right. be. Yeah. Right. I will say, like a good a good Turing test of this kind of thing, is like if it's a movie that's like silly and stupid and having fun, hmm. if you can quote the movie, yep. and people know what you're talking about, yeah, you're good. Like yeah. it's it's fine. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I could walk up to anybody and say multipass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll be like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah. you. That, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Said the thing. I act. I actually said that to my coworker yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, I, asked, I literally said, "Hey, have you seen the Fifth Element?" Because I was trying to ask him if he knew a specific actor, and he he said multi pass, and I went, "Yes." Okay, good. Yesterday, <laughs> legitly. It's. It's one of those movies that, you know, once Chris Tucker walks on the screen, I'm instantaneously glued. Right? Yep. Like, you know, everything about it is wonderful, but it's once he comes out, like, what the hell is... Corbin. Corbin, my man. Corbin. Okay. Corbin. I, I really feel like it is a testament to <laughs> Bruce Willis that he can have Chris Tucker scream in his face and not blink. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right, yeah. You're right. Oh. I was convinced for a brief moment that man was going to eat him <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's dive into first contact yeah. and you know yes that was yes I'm being a bad mall cop and making a hard segue the, yeah, that was one hell of a segue <laughs> yeah <laughs> so alright so it's the 24th century Captain Jean-Luc Picard awakes from a nightmare where he relives how he's been assimilated uh, into the Borg six years earlier I assume mm-hmm. that all happened on the show yes. yes he was assimilated into the Borg collective after uh, Q the asshole brought the Borg to the Beta Quadrant uh, yeah. the Borg were not going to be dealing the, the Borg wouldn't have shown up for a long time yeah. but Q kind of got his feelings hurt by Picard and and said, "All right, fine. Borg, screw you." Yeah. And how many episodes did that last? Was there like an arc or? Uh, there was a. There was. I think it was like a two-parter yeah. situation. Well, at least and it was two parts. Yeah. I believe it was called the best of both worlds. Yeah. 
thought, I thought that was the finale. No, no all good uh, things. All good things is the finale. Never yeah. mind. Don't mind me. Yeah, and uh, there are a couple of nods to the to the show. <laughs> Uh, one that one that I no, caught. It's, yeah. The whole thing's based on well, the show. Well, yeah, well, yeah. but there, there's a couple specific, like related to very specific episodes <laughs> that I that I caught, and I don't think everybody caught it. Um, Dan, you probably did, but you know that's. The, I probably have, and then just don't remember it. Yeah. From, you know. Yeah. Just so, so many times. There's one specific one. I'm like, oh, I got it, and I didn't really want to say anything. Is it the um? How long is it? How long since you've used your functionality is it that one no that well but who's yes, counting? that that's polia yeah, yeah for you know six years eight four, years yeah eight almost years almost eight years yeah. yeah eight years four months 26 minutes and 14 <laughs> seconds but yeah. who's counting yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, there's one other specific one i'm like oh wow okay that's a really good one that i i i confirmed and looked it up but i've been saving it for when we get to it here okay. so i thought Data wiped his memory after Tasha Yar. Nope. No. No? Oh, no. Maybe I'm remembering the wrong thing. Yeah. No. Um, so, anyway, so Jean-Luc is, is uh, the captain is contacted by Admiral Hayes who informs him there's a new Borg threat, but he already knows the Borg is coming around because he just had a nightmare. And he can still hear yeah. the Borg in his head. Like, yeah. he's still got little bits and pieces of the Borg tech in his body. Yeah, and that... That has got to be painful once he realizes all of it's still there. Mm-hmm. There they are. And then uh, Picard orders his ship for the U.S. Enterprise to patrol the... He's got the orders to patrol the neutral zone in case of Romulan aggression, in case they want to take advantage of it. But he knows that they're just sticking him there because they... Can we, don't, can, can, yeah. can we just take a minute to appreciate the fact that, like, they've had him on other assignments dealing with the board because of the fact that he was captured by them, but yeah. this time... When they're when it's the most important thing, right? Like you know what, we're just gonna have you stay back a little bit. They even like, point, oh come on. Yeah. He even points it out. I <laughs> yeah. think that he should be like the best one for the job. Right? Yeah, all, all of them do. And I mean, even you know. And he's in the most advanced <clears throat> starship that Starfleet has. That's yeah. that's a sovereign class. That's yeah. probably your best bet. Yeah, and even Riker says it straight out. Like you know, with your experience, you should be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, yeah. <laughs> By the way, but John. I, I just want to just ask uh, for for the sake of the future: is, is cursing permitted or not? Oh, go yeah. right ahead. Absolutely. Fuck yeah! Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure no. so that I don't defend the children. Yeah, we, we've got <laughs> we've got that. E. Of, like uh, they they actually had a video game. Uh, yeah. That is a surprisingly good story for Star Trek called Star Trek Armada. Yeah. Where the opening cutscene, they have pretty much the exact same setup as um, yeah. Star Trek First Contact. With one key exception, and that's the board turn on their screen, and Picard walks up to the screen while Picard is on the Enterprise. He's like, Did you fuckers clone me? You know, I've heard good things about Armada, now I need to look into it. It's Picard telling Picard to stand down, and Picard's like, I'm not going to stand down to me, me. It's like, no, no, I won't. Did you fuckers clone me? I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of the 
the Super Bowl commercial that just came on that huh. they made, and I'm just like for the the yeah. Paramount Plus one where he calls everybody to the top of the Paramount Mountain, yeah. and he oh. explains to them that they're all metaphors. If you haven't seen it, please, please. Oh, okay, go watch yeah, it. I it's actually it. super yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, it is actually amazing. They're on the top of a mountain, and he's explaining to like. Beavis and Butthead, Dora the Explorer, Tom Selleck, and a bunch of other characters. Like, oh, we're all metaphors. Come on, let's dance. Let's dance like metaphors. Like, please, like, just it's watch still, it. It still deeply unsettles me how tall Dora the Explorer is. Right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I want yeah. to. she, like, 5'7"? Seriously? <laughs> that is Shit. Yes. When Dora the Explorer is taller than me, it's yeah. a problem. Yeah. But, I like, see. everybody's taller than me, so that's not that's see, a problem. Just, but for the record, the, the live-action Dora the Explorer movie, Boots was voiced by Danny Trejo. I know. So oh my that God. makes the movie, like, ten times better just, <laughs> just because of Danny Trejo. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good night, Danny Trejo. <laughs> Good night. Anyway, we're saying with the Star Trek first contact. Yes, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we, we try. Tangents, yeah. we do that. We try. <laughs> <laughs> Learning that the fleet is losing the battle, the Enterprise says this, and I love this line. Captain, I think I speak for all of us when I say, to hell with the orders. Yep, to hell with our orders. Gotta have Data doing his uh, line for the trailer, right? Yeah, right, yeah. And they have, oh, yeah, uh, that was totally a trailer read. Right, yeah, and they have Ensign Hawk, who's the replacement for our Ensign female, like Wesley Crusher from the last mm. movie. So uh, plots in a course. Were you like, mm. hey, is this guy doomed? Yeah. Uh, Ensign Hawk. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you're new. You're wearing red. Oh, bye. Mm. Wait, oh. red's supposed to protect you when it's command next colors generation. now. Yeah. 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 So why are they wearing yeah. gray now? Yeah, they did that just to spite to just to spite everybody. They in the later <laughs> shows they made like all the captains wear red. Yeah. Like, ah, see, now you can't have that joke. Okay, so the perfume red shirt. Which red shirt are they referring to? I'm assuming yeah. original series. Yeah. Otherwise, or or it could just be yeah, like if you, you want to smell. You don't want. You don't want to go with the advertisement that requires too much thought about that kind of thing. So yeah. You gotta be, Make your perfume choice a tactical decision. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't everyone rather smell like a captain, kind of, with a red shirt? You can smell commending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is that if you do that, you, you have to think about it too hard. Are they talking about the captains? Or are, t- are they talking about security? Or are they talking about uh, just the dude that knows how to punch good? <laughs> <laughs> talking about the punchman. Or, 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 I, or, I remember playing Star Trek Online. When it came to tactical decisions, you either had have the have a, uh, a strategy set up to organize your structure or jump kick from halfway across the room. True. Yeah. I was I'm, either a brilliant or, tactician or a martial artist. Yeah. I've got I've got five hundred hours in Star Trek Online, and my tactical officer is straight up the drop kick from across the room character. You see, my brain went totally pathetic. Drop kick with batlift. Yep. <laughs> my my brain went totally pathetic just now because if you're wearing if you're wearing like red shirt like yeah. cologne, yeah. are you wearing it because well maybe she'll take pity on me because I'm gonna die anyway? Ah! Right. Oh. Yeah. Taking this because yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. I right. I think it is original like original series because you have Tiberius, Sulu, and Pomfar. Yeah. Right away and on on the on the cover of it on the Pomfar you have like. Uh, you have uh, Leonard Nimoy just looking down and just with his hands and with his head in his hands, just kind of contemplating. <laughs> go get my hat, too. 
Yeah. I would have actually gone with like one of the Vulcans that looked like they were about to rip a dude's head off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody with on far uh, my immediate thought is, oh, fighting with God, these I things. Need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you, you spray I feel like the amount of, of tension that is going to happen in this game <laughs> might be a little bit too much for yeah. my fans. You spray yourself with Ponfar and you just hear bum 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 just use the picture from, uh, from the movie with uh, Leonard Nimoy and uh, what the hell is her name? That weird, like, sort of look that they give each other. Oh, yeah. Sonic or Sonic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sonic, that strange look. Two, there, there are effectively two modes of Pon Far. There's the finger thing, which is like, <laughs> Okay, mm, yes, yes, yes. That's quite good. And the untreated Ponfar, which is hands clutched, digging fingers into the desk, coated in a sheen of sweat, looking like you're about to penetrate a hole with your gaze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can. I find no fault with your logic. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so as they're trying to, they go and they go ahead and find a single board cube, uh, which is also piloting vessels who just realize saying that you've been, uh, these plans have been on display for 50 of your Earth years. <laughs> yes. Well, Ford Prefect is trying to hitch a ride. It's and it's really not our problem. You haven't seen them. They've been on, on display at the con Earth Consulate for 50 years. Yeah bloody useless things. You know, there's actually a, a little bit of detail that I want to uh, draw attention to in yeah. this sure. moment sure. Uh, for in, in the movie. So in the moment, in this movie, when they get to Earth, they the only thing that they hear when they first start off is just the absolute cacophony of voices of panicked Starfleet officers yep. getting yeah. Yeah. This, this thing. Yeah. It was disorienting. Where for some reason, all of them have their, their microphones on, all screening at the same time, which mm -hmm. wouldn't make a lot of sense. Right, 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 uh, yeah. Given, like, radios and stuff and trying to understand what's going on. However, the one bit that really gets across just how effective this is, is all of the vocal, all the voices building up, building up. You're seeing, like, how panicked and concerned they are. Right. And then... It cuts out, and then you hear the board say their their line. Yeah, and then they turn it back on, and then they're all talking again. When you hear that like little like click of them just shutting off all the voices just so they can talk, yeah, yeah. that leaves such a good like such a like chilling feeling in my gut. It's like the whole such a good touch. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. Because the yeah. first time you heard the Borg in like the TV series, they, they didn't quite understand what they had in terms of what they were doing with the voice. It just sounded no. like a bunch of people talking. Right. Yeah. But when they redesigned it for the movie for this bit, where they all speak together, they have they they're not speaking slowly. They're speaking at a normal uh, uh, tempo of their voice, but they're speaking so uniformly that it's actually kind of unsettling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's all the collective. Yeah, people have to speak at the same time. They kind of have to do it slowly so they don't desync. But if they're all doing it with that speed, with that expertise, there is no doubt in your mind that there is no disconnect between them. There, there's right. no individual brains working there, and that's right. that's beautiful. Yeah, you wow. Yeah. It's absolutely chilling. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, that's that's why, in my opinion, you can try to get you know higher up than than the Borg with like species eight four seven two and the Zindi and whatever else. No, you can't out nasty the Borg. The Borg are straight no. up terrifying. 
Now, the Borg is one of the more interesting ones because it's just the, the entirety of it is just based on war. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to ignore everybody until they become a threat, and then and then they're going to adapt as you attack it's them. It's also mm-hmm. how fast they assimilate. Yeah. If they it, assimilate it, yeah. like that. Yeah, and then, they, yeah, to me, that's what got me. If uh, the yeah. Borg and the Cybermen were having an assimilation race, who would win? Um, mm. Borg. Yeah. The Borg, because yeah. I got the nanoprobes, See, the, 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 the Cybermen. Is, the, the, the thing about the Borg is yeah. their, their adaptability is... Yeah really hard to deal with not to mention some yeah. of the ideas that they introduce in later stuff is really it's you kind of have to think how do you deal with that for example mm. um they had this off joke in voyager which i am ashamed to admit is my favorite of the series of the different oh, uh, no, series no shame oh. voyager's been voyager is way yeah. better than people captain give proton yeah captain proton i i the, Slight sidebar on that. The main reason why I like that show is it hits very close to home because when I first started watching that show, I was halfway around the world on a sailboat trying to get home with my family. Mm. Damn. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That. So. Wow. My my favorite is DS9 Voyager. Very poignant for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so but like, yeah. there's like an off joke. There's like yeah. an offline in one of the episodes in Voyager where they're walking around with this ball. And he said, yeah, yeah uh, I recovered this from the Borg cube. It tried to attach to one of our sh- uh, one of our uh, stations and started assimilating it. The the debris of Borg ships assimilates things. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, wow. And that's why wow, it's only yeah. one Borg cube that showed up, because that's all they need. Yeah. The Borg are... Fucking terrifying. Yeah, it, it is really good, and you know, I I just want to jump ahead for a moment, but just Has the time uh, travel happened yet? Yeah, not yet, no, but we're just, getting there. When you see the 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 Borg Queen mm-hmm. and she's lowered on into the body, I can't help but think of there's the KFC logo oh, no. where you have the cur- the Colonel's wow. head with the bow tie. And, you know, somebody pointed out that uh, it looks like, it looks like a giant man. head with a little tiny body. Yeah. And it's just the colonel head yeah. going, like, and I just imagine, you know, I just imagine the Queen Borg, like, I'm the Queen Borg, and she gets out of the body and just walks around like this. And, you know, and there's, there's, they like, like, I know Chino, I know it's bad, but, you know, still, like, but it's just, it's like, I'm the Queen Borg. I'm like, really? You? I just remember, you were the collective, right? I remember being a kid yeah. and seeing the commercials for yeah. this movie. Yeah. And being like terrified. Yeah. Of of just the commercial. Now I was also that kid who believed that everything was real. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. I saw the commercial and I was like, oh my god, they're lowering this this head with a spine yeah, yeah. into an artificial body and she's going to eat me. Like yeah. I just remember thinking this <laughs> going. Oh my god, this is terrifying. Yeah. So I don't as- feel too bad. My my exposure to uh, Men in Black was when I was absolutely terrified of bugs. Oh man, that would get you, bro. Fair. That would get you. Yeah, that would get you. I mean, it's just similar to me with Silence of the Lambs. But that's that, such yeah. a good movie, though. That it is. Yeah, that is. It's just about the 30th anniversary, actually, the time we're recording this too. Mm-hmm. 
Just, uh, but I just had to mention that thing. It just looks like, you know, if you have, like, the head with the little tiny hands and the body of I mean, yep. it. Just, you know, I just picture, you know, it's going to be with fantasy casting, though. But uh, <laughs> Colonel Sanders uh, is your fantasy casting for a board queen? I'm not saying anything yet. It, it does make me think, though. The one thing that I know they were, like, kind of going for, like, a combination of <laughs> terrifying and also sex appeal with, like, the spinal cord thing that goes into the body. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they were trying to be, like, this voice of temptation for Data. Yeah. I just imagine that if I was in Data's situation of her like coming down and being like, oh, I am the Borg. Do you see this attractive bodice that I have built for this chassis? Yeah. What do you think, Data? I have more questions than I do uh, than, I, than I do feelings. Yeah. Uh, first off, if you're going to be doing this, wouldn't it be more advantageous to have something like uh, more efficient? Yeah. Like it, like I don't know. I would put I would put you in one of those giant sentries from from RoboCop or something like that. You're just a spy. You can put yourself in any chassis you just want. Straight up into Ed Two O Nine. Front of the uh, on the front of the board cube. Make yourself a, a, a mantelpiece if you want. <laughs> okay. Or make her the hell of a... The entire Borg cube. Who cares? Right. Yeah. I'm just picturing the Borg queen in a hell of a ship. Now go last. Questions? Yeah, when it cut, when it tugs at your skin, does that leave a rash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I'm sorry. The Borg Queen. When I was watching this this movie originally, I was like right at a particular age, and uh, the thing with the Borg Queen, I'm just like, I think I might be into zombie robots now. Mm. <laughs> I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so let me go backwards here with this. So you have the USS Defiant uh, yeah, that's Worf there, and that? Worf is on there. Worf is the captain of the Defiant because oh. during this time during this time frame, Worf is not with the Enterprise crew. He's on Deep Space Nine. Ah, good. He's over on yeah, that. So they assigned him, they assigned to the Defiant to defend Earth with the B team. <laughs> right. Basically, yeah. I mean, what's happening with the with uh, the Borg showing up now is happening at the same time as the Dominion War from Deep Space Nine. Oh. So shit's yeah. going bad all over the place. Oh. I, I have feelings about that one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you're... Uh, but um, the uh, I, I I still love the fact that they have this whole bit where Worf is ready to like ram this ship into the into the Borg cube. And the moment he gets off, he's like, is my ship okay? <laughs> See, because Why Wor do you care? Right? Worf is absolutely the most extra that you can possibly be. Uh, this movie, yeah. 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 And the reason Worf is so extra, like, I, I love... What do you mean, extra? He is just... Everything is over the top of oh. Worf. Yeah. Because Worf is a Klingon raised by humans. Yeah. He did not grow up in Klingon society. So all he has learned about Klingons is all the, you know, the good game they talk about yeah. honor and being yeah. warriors and all this other stuff. He doesn't and know how slimy they result, are. As a result, he is the most Klingon Klingon. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 More Klingon, Klingon has no concept of honor. Yeah. yeah he is more Klingon than Klingon. He is, he is that, he's like a Rob Zombie song. Yeah. And when he actually sees real Klingon culture, he's just like... This sucks. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> so he, he is just so over the top, just like 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 an adopted kid looking into the culture that they weren't necessarily that they're from, but they weren't raised in, sort of thing. Kind of goes overboard with it. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. 
So, you know, they pull, uh, they use the firepower that's needed, and uh, Picard takes over the fleet on a seemingly unimportant point of the Borg ship, and it's just decimated. The cube's destroyed. A smaller spear gets out and uh, goes towards the planet. Then uh, the, the uh, Enterprise pursues the spear into a temporal vortex. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see a Borg spear as well. Yeah. Because I know they showed yeah. up in Voyager, but I think this might be one of the first times yeah. of seeing an actual sphere. Is there a Borg trackazoid yeah, sure out there? Yes. Yeah. Really? Aside from like games or whatever, where yeah. they yeah. played around with the different shape things, like diamonds and ice and trapezoids and and whatever other. Unimatrix Zero is, it's just a big old thing. No. Sorry. No, no, no. Why we're did good, this good. thing travel through time? Why don't they just? Travel through time all the time if they can. It or, you know, why not travel through time, like, thousands of light years away and then make their way to Earth? Because right. yeah. then... Because There's a lot about the Borg's plan that's silly. Because then <laughs> yeah. we wouldn't have a movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> I Point. mean, was it a fluke, or is this just a technological capability they have it's a it's a capability they have that, but like never in, ever use again in the well no there's a lot of time travel happens in a lot of star trek like our tv time machine for this month is going to involve time travel right yeah. it's because we wouldn't have a movie if yeah we didn't do this. It's, yes. it's just blood <laughs> points too and also i mean i mean uh Riker directed this whole thing too yeah. so it just, <laughs> which is why he gets, why, yeah. oh, which is Mr. why he Frakes. gets some of the best lines in this movie. Yeah, oh, Mr. Yeah. Frakes. Yeah, true, true. You told him about the statue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And even at that point, I was thinking like Jordy really looks weird with his electric eyes. Yeah, yep. he does. But yeah. at least he can see now. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Like, true. You know, I'm not gonna begrudge him for it because no. I think game no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's I'm not begrudging it either. It just looks very odd and, and you know, I I grew up with reading Rainbow myself, so just mm -hmm. see you know, seeing the, the weird eyes too, it just it, it took a little bit to get used to. Um so the Borg time travels, they follow through the vortex. The Enterprise arrives hundreds of years in the past on the day of April fourth, twenty sixty three. Humanity. Just, after, just after the Third World War. Yeah. Ten years after. Mm -hmm. And ten years after that, and the day before, Zephyrin Cochran makes the historic warp drive flight to be able to go subtime to be able and connects with the alien race. Mm -hmm. And Zephyrin uh, Cochran so is not quite the visionary that everyone else. thinks he is. Kind of a cock ring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how familiar you guys are with like Borg deep lore or whatever. I know yeah. some. Uh, there, there's like a there's a bunch of discussions about like the reasoning why Borg want to take over Earth because mm. they they actually call like the quadrant for Earth like zero zero one. Mm. Okay. Um, like for some reason, Earth is very significant to the Borg. Mm. Right. Um, now the the different theories are like oh well they're just they're experimenting with the first form of assimilate they're, they're, they're experimenting with a new form of assimilation by going back in time and assimilating the civilization which personally doesn't make sense to me because no. why go back in time when their technology is inferior so they can proceed to not invent the technology that you would be interested in right right good point yeah i just saw what they collect the people basically that is suggested is that a long time ago they 
expressed that the it suggested that the Borg were created as a byproduct of feature. Hmm. Okay. You know. From the motion picture movie. Okay. Where it's expo where the Borg's first exposure to sentience was from V'ger. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And in order for okay. it to better attain perfection, they wanted to seek out V'ger's V'ger's origin point. That you know Again, what? That makes sense. Super deep lore from like wow. the Voyager document point. way back in the day oh. or whatever. Like the the one that we sent out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Huh. Man. And like the first, they it was like suggesting like the first Borg queen was like a Vulcan, which again made me go, hmm, yeah, don't know about that. Again, that I, I can't say for certain. I just know that that's one of the things that was tossing around on there. But like having, I'll be perfectly honest. The only reason that I can imagine Bo the Borg going back in time to stop Starfleet from being invented is essentially the pettiest thing I can think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's just, I, just some petty bullshit. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, where we're looking at it, like, okay, they just have free reign of space and the humans aren't really screwing around with them anymore. Or, like, something might have happened and then they're like, okay, well, we'll just well, get rid of it and then we'll just... I mean, yeah, that's... They, with it. Yeah. I, I, that's I the imagine movie. what they wanted to do is they wanted to put themselves in a position where yeah. they only had the Enterprise and the crew to deal with. Yeah. And they only had, like, like one thing to deal with. Yeah. But also probably because they, they had a nice set in the middle of nowhere and wanted a good excuse to use that yeah. in some way yeah. or another. Yeah. Sa save, a, save a bit of money uh, by being able to, to film out in the woods instead of necessarily making every set in a, in the ships and so, and, so, yeah. and so forth. That does make some sense. And speaking of, I mean, they're in Montana where mm -hmm. they try to find... Uh, after destroying the Borg Spear, they go down to uh, transport Cock uh, down to transports down to Cochrane ship in the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix. Yeah, find there, and uh, Picard has uh, Cochrane's assistant Lily Stone sent back to the Enterprise for medical attention because she got she got heavily irradiated because the hard yeah yeah, the, yeah. Um, was it the Phoenix had taken some damage in the attack and was leaking what do they call it said theta radiation. Yeah. And she was like super sick, so they just you know get the whole hypo spray, and everyone's perfectly inoculated Let's just now because regrow her kidney. Yep, yeah. doctor gave me a pill and I regrew my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that in this movie they they are implementing what is is known as that as that hand wave sci-fi. Yeah. Yep. We like they'll say like a line of dialogue to just like fix everything. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where it's like absolutely. Oh, you, you have this uh, very minor disease called cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fixes it now. <laughs> it's kind of just go, really? Yeah, that, that kind of is what Crusher said, too, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's what Crusher said, it's, it's what Bones did in uh, in Voyage Home. It's it's the, the whole, and it's, it's the thing that makes me laugh. Like, yeah. in Voyage Home, when he walks by it's and... It's the Stone Age. It's the Stone Age, and this little bit, you know... It's uh, dialysis. Dialysis. What? Are you what are you, oh, is yeah. this the Dark Ages? This is dark yeah. Ages. And that guy gave me. That doctor gave me a pill. Regrew my kidney. And that's that's and, the only and thing. And the old lady's like, just dancing in her wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> so now everything is that guy gave me a pill and regrew my kidney. That's that's what I said. <laughs> now. My bones came back. Right. Like it's, that's my thing now. I forgot to cure my bonitis. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, 
I just really like that Cochran is into some form of a Brian Setzer type yeah. band. Yes. And, <laughs> and also just incredibly drunk off his oh, ass. But oh, yeah. now he is less the visionary than they thought he was in the future. I can't I can't help but picture Russell Tate from Independence yeah. Day. Played by Randy Quaid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the energy he's giving. Yeah. 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 You're right. And I mean, he's he's played by uh, I keep wanting to say Oliver Cromwell, but that's not it. Uh, <laughs> James, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Yeah. Can, can we? I, I don't know about you. If if the first thing that happened. Yeah. Upon you trying to invent a warp drive, is you, your town gets bombed. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't we have a Watchmen moment where, like, yes, Starfleet is now going to be unified, mostly to kill aliens? Mm. Probably. Yeah. I hate to say it, yeah. but the way well, the real world the part, is, even the part where the the, yeah. the the Vulcans come down and they're ready to greet them, wouldn't the first question that came to your mind is? Did you try to bomb us? Right. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah, which... I got no bearing other than the, the the robot aliens that tried to come down that you guys told us about inexplicably, but you're the only other ship we've seen. Yeah. Honestly, I believe that there are aliens out there, and they do know that we're here. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's an advanced civilization, but they know that we're like the Alabama of the universe. Yeah. And if they show up, we're going to try to nuke them, so they're just right. going to leave us be. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I, I would go the South Park route with that, that we're all just an intergalactic reality show, and they're all sitting back <laughs> eating popcorn <laughs> watching. Oh, God. <laughs> You look at the hell you're like, look what these fuckers are doing now. The, la- like, the, the yeah. last the last four years must have been one hell of a, of yeah. a story arc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, we're going to put this guy in. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> you know the guy that had a reality show in the reality show? Yeah, he's running it now. No fucking way. To be honest, I, I imagine even by their standards on that, yeah. they must have been disappointed. Yeah, right? On one hand, he was terrible. On the other hand, he didn't go nearly as far as the, a reality show would have hoped for. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. That point. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's because he didn't have direct control over the button. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, let's, let's be perfectly honest. It was because everything he did was shockingly terrible. Right, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I just thought of something. Yeah. You know how they distracted him from, you know, the, the nuclear button? Yeah. They installed the Diet Coke button. That's what I was just going to say. To keep him distracted. <laughs> we swapped it with the Diet Coke button. Every time he got mad, they'd bring out a Diet Coke and he'd calm down. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was legit one of the first they things. They took it out. Yeah, the first thing's like, fuck that out of here. All right. Oh, God. Oh, God. clown. I think when he got down, he sat at the Resolute desk, and the one thing he didn't realize it was real. And he's like, wait, he did that thing. It's actually a real thing? Oh, shit, he did that. That's Holy just crap. And, you know, speaking with that, like, where. They got to go back to the ship. It's something surreal. I think one of the best things is when he's touching the ship, and yep. then right and, uh, and then Data's like, trying to touch the he's ship trying too. To, trying to understand the whole thing, and then uh, Troy just leans over. Do you three need to be alone? <laughs> and she was like, three. I'm like, it's, the ship. It's more of the idea of just like, like uh, like LaForge just sitting there, like, goodness, this is history. Yeah. Data just goes. 
<laughs> it's a thing. I taste. I, I feel metal, sir. I didn't get it at first either. And I'm like, what's the third thing? And he's like, the actual ship, you dumbass. And I was like, oh, right. And can we can we address the fact that when they when they transport down, uh, uh, Picard tells the computer mid 21st century civilian clothing. Yeah. Can we address the fact that that is basically Firefly cosplay? Yeah. For real. Yeah. I mean, straight up, Picard looks like Mal. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I kind of like this look. Bring, let's yeah. also bring the android down, who I'm sure will cause no suspicion. <laughs> yeah, no no <laughs> suspicion. So What's wrong with this guy? Oh, he's really jaundiced. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, well, there's. Japan jaundice make you bulletproof? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta talk about Daisy shooting at him. That, that data's not bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> but the shooting air is yeah. greetings greetings <laughs> and then Lily passes the hell out uh, Lily played by Alfred Woodward yeah. uh, fucking phenomenal actor yeah she I does really good here I love her she does really good she, and she's great in everything yeah. she's been in she's, she's a fucking amazing actor yeah I've never seen her in anything else or maybe I have I don't know you probably have but she kind of like melds into the role so much that you probably didn't notice mm. she's been yeah. tons of stuff she's a, yeah. right. I mean you know <clears throat> this is the main thing I know her from just because I've watched this movie a hundred billion mm. times and uh, yeah so Cochran's seen as a hero a man who built the uh, Phoenix uh, but he also built it for financial gain mm-hmm. uh, he's also reluctant to be the person to, as the Curie crew describes it a Borg uh, group uh, actually invades the Enterprise lower decks uh, to begin assimilating its crew and modifying the ship. Picard and his team reach the core engineers to disable the Borg with corrosive gas, but is forced back. The androids capture Data in the melee, and this is one of those absolutely terrifying scenes, and I know um, Kaz has seen a lot of it. Kenny, I don't know about you, but have you ever seen the show Fringe? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I have. When they introduce the observers for the first time and you see them, they, they go and they catch the bullets. And they're like, that scared the hell out of me for a while. And just when you find out that they're just future scientists. Um, no spoilers if you haven't seen it, listeners. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's an old we show. I want to put a spoiler tag on there for that. Yeah. Okay, so is uh, yeah. Daisy separated from the group yet? Uh, yeah. They left the medical bay. Yeah. She wasn't supposed to wake up, I think. They, yeah. they were supposed to keep her sedated while they were on the ship, but they weren't counting on the Borg showing up, so... Right, right. Crusher yeah. and the rest of the uh, medical just crew... Just imagine what kind of, like, yeah. difficult... What kind of shell shock you'd have. Already you were on an alien... Sh- on, a, mm-hmm. on a strange ship. <laughs> but you wake up and they go, Hi, we're from the future. There are currently future robots trying to break their way into there, and they're going to make... Like inject you with horrible things unless we do something right now so, go through this cave thing. Yeah. By the way, I'm from the future. Here's a laser gun. I need you to go through this vent now. <laughs> right. And try to pray that you don't get grabbed by other robot people. It's like, so you come don't with know me. what they look like, by the way, and you probably won't for a good while. It's like, come with me. We're gonna go into the wall here. So just, just they yeah. crawl. Oh, and I and I love uh, the. I love the distraction. They, they <laughs> EMH. EMH. Yeah. Yay. Please uh, state the nature of your uh, bullshit. Which, that was the time. <laughs> when Voyager was like uh, I think in syndication mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like it's nice uh, to Picard, see the doc uh, yeah uh, Robert yeah. Picardo yeah uh, doing like a single roll thing 
was great. It was, it was fun to see. I, was saying, I, I just want to add to that that previous comment that I made about it, where being like, oh, then you run into Picard, and he's like, hello, my name is this. I am a very civilized captain from the future, and I want to tell you that we are a refined society that has no use for economic uh, development or any of that sort at all. We don't use money or anything like that. All right, what are we dealing with the Borg? The Borg! Kill them all! It's like the Borg! Yeah! <laughs> for a refined individual, you sure so, sound like a psychopath when you're dealing with the Borg. <laughs> yeah. True. True. It's really, I think everybody has that one button that you push. When you push that button, you get, a, like, it totally flips somebody. Yep. But, like, that's, def- that's <laughs> definitely Picard's. Yeah. Go, it's like, go ahead, kids. Like, we better take care of the Borg. Go out! <laughs> <laughs> the Borg, damn it, the Borg. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, yeah. If they had uh, regular guns with bullets, do you think the Borg would have been able to adapt? Um, I believe so. Yeah, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eventually, they could. Yes, they, no. it, would, it would be harder I, for I, them to. I imagine, well, here's the thing. Like, I imagine that the thing with the Borg is that they, they modulate their shields yeah. so that they are right. to whatever uh, thing that they're being shot at. But I'm, I'm fairly sure, I'm fairly certain that bullet, and the arguments that somebody made is that bullets do not have modulation to no. adapt to. They're just bullets. Right. Yeah. But then my immediate response is, so then they just use regular energy shields. Right. Which are great against mass drivers anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. If you have shields that can resist against torpedoes, you have shields that can mm. resist against bullets. Yeah. I, I mm. always argued that it would be like that thing from Stargate <clears throat> where the the Gwawuld <clears throat> have those weird hand shield things where they yeah. look up and like they're immune to fast ballistics. Mm. Which yeah. is really funny because then yeah. like I just remembered um Richard Dean Anderson MacGyver man uh, playing Jack O'Neill just pulls out a throwing knife and just stabs him in the head with it. Yes! <laughs> That's like, uh, it's, it's like in Mass Effect. Yeah. The, the, your personal shields, mm-hmm. they, it stops bullets, but if someone comes up and shanks and, you, yeah, and punches it doesn't, you in the face, it doesn't, doesn't activate. Do yeah, it yeah. doesn't, because it's not going fast enough to activate the, the kinetic barrier, yeah. so it's just like, oh, I've been stabbed. Uh, a friend of mine once asked me, "Well, what the set? What's the sense of that? If you just have somebody that could come up at you with a sword?" And my my response is, "All right, here's a great example, hypothetical. Yeah. If you let's say you have your personal shield on, and you are going to lunch, and you wrap your hands around the sandwich and you reach it towards your face, if that that counts as a low a low speed ballistic, and you have obliterated that sandwich with your energy shield." <laughs> Want to come in for a nice hug? Well, too bad. She's about 50 feet across the room. (laughs) (laughs) That was was a plot point in, uh, I believe, the original New Mutants run. The character Sally Blevins. I remembered her name. It was Sally Blevins. Skids. Has a permanent force field on all the time. And it's that kind of situation. Like, she can't grab things because the force field is on all the time. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, hey. sorry. Hey. We were talking about New Mutants the other yeah. day, and I could not remember her name. Here's um, here's one of the points where, after two points in this, where like particularly my favorite parts of this movie, um, Picard is uh, you know where he takes Lily and uh, gets her to give back the phaser by explaining yes. everything and saying you know 
We'll go ahead and drop you here. We can do that. Here's the way out, and then and show. Open the doors. Oh, yeah. You might want to hold your breath. Yeah. It's a long way down. Yeah. And all here, you know, there's New Guinea, there's uh, Australia, uh, Montana will be opening up sooner or yeah, Montana soon enough. will be up shortly. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and do that, and... And she's just like, how? Yeah, yeah. Oh, force fields. <laughs> like, you know, and, and when they're on the holodeck to create a diversion. Yeah. <laughs> and this was actually, there's a nod back to episode 12 is when he's creating it. It's chapter 12, The Long Goodbye. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Nikki the Nose. Yeah, and uh, and it's a long goodbye, and it's actually, it's the name of the 12th episode of, yeah. of, of it. And they do, they redo the scene where they're in the holodeck, and they're re- they're remaking the Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm. and there's a character of Nikki the Nose, and <laughs> he actually looks like a James Bond villain. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's... Nikki hasn't been here in months. He's like, fuck, wrong chapter. Yeah. Uh, Wait, this is the wrong chapter. Computer, chapter thirteen. Yeah. And then the Borg shows up, and then Picard becomes a GIF. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Daka 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 daka. It is, it, you know, she makes a good point later, like, he looks like he's enjoying it, and he yeah. is. He is definitely enjoying it more as a society. We're not built on revenge. Fuck yes, you are. Yeah. You're like, fuck yes, you are. I just, I, I just imagine, like, like her making a big thing out of yeah. it, and then him handing her the Tommy gun, be like, you try it! Yeah. <laughs> this thing is awesome, you try it! <laughs> this is so much fun! Is there anything more erotic than a woman like, shooting? Do you want the fact that we've evolved past our base on lizard brain instincts. Be my guest. Lizzie, the existence of the holodeck says that we have not evolved past much. No. No. Because you just... know what the holodeck is used for. Yeah. It's translated to other things. That's true. Yeah. In Deep Space Nine, they, they come right out and say what Quark's uh, hollow suites are used for, for the most part. Well, yeah. Obviously, but if you want me to be perfectly honest, the first evidence of that kind of thing is just. Let's just let's just get it out of the way. Reginald Barkley. Oh God, yeah. Barkley. Impression. We had that this man had to have back ordered disinfecting uh, filters for that holodeck. <laughs> we we brought him. We brought him up last week. We we he yeah. and I had a long discussion about yeah. him. It's, and, it's like Reg, you're brilliant, but dude, come on. Yeah. Especially I, here's the thing. <sighs> His brilliance isn't worth it. In the, yeah, in the long run, no. Like the, I, I just recently went through The Next Generation with my roommates because I had never seen the whole series before. Yeah. And every Barkley episode they had, we couldn't do it. Like, it just... It is hard. The show simultaneously... Like, yeah. The show makes him out to be like this really gross, creepy individual, but they glorify him <laughs> to an almost upsetting degree. I the agree. One, yeah, I agree with you. The one thing that Reg pulled off, <clears throat> he helped get Voyager home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's his one but, redeeming yeah. thing. He helped get Voyager. Consider home. the cost that had to get there. Yeah. Which means he built a holographic recreation of the entire Voyager crew who really like who who idolized yeah. him. Yeah. And, yes. Which was a thing that was something he was so vulnerable to that the Ferengi almost killed Voyager. Right. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, wow. the, the super capitalists are just like... so fragile that the Ferengi almost killed Voyager. <laughs> and, yeah, there... <laughs> There's a little bit of a fragile ego point, but I'll get to that in a bit. But, you know, the, the uh, 
the Borg is actually getting in the lower deck, so we have uh, Picard, Worf, and the ship's navigator, Lieutenant Horrock, travel outside the ship with magnetic boots, which I want those, those are, mm -hmm. those are really <laughs> cool, um, in order to uh, stop the Borg from calling reinforcements by using the deflector dish. Yep. And now, this is where I wanted to ask you this, Kennedy, like... Uh, probably a very simple answer to to this, but for Foley on on um, on this, how would they have in your mind? How would they have done that for the the boots going onto the ship? Oh, for the boots? Yeah. Like for the magnets? Yeah. Um. Well, I know that one thing that they would probably do for like when the boots are magnetizing, they'd probably use a stock library of like a Tesla coil or or like a or like a, a generator or really uh, something along the lines of that, like some kind of hum. Because the hmm. idea is that you're trying to express a the sound of electricity going through, like a current being connected. Hmm. So like, yeah. But if you stop it really abruptly. Like, if you take the, the sound of it, like, yeah. and then just kill it, then you can add the sound of a boot slamming down, which would just be like any regular boot oh. uh, hitting oh, down, okay. yeah. and just put those really close together so that the moment that the electricity hum stops, the boot sound begins. So hmm. it would come off as... Yeah. Huh. I've actually done that sound myself with just some library sounds uh, yeah. in the Sojourn. Uh, there's a scene where they go on wow. a ship called the Gate Hauler, hmm. which is a giant cargo vessel that carries around uh, these um, giant drift gates that allows them to do faster than like travel. Yeah. Um, but it's derelict, so they have to like cut, they cut open a door, and then when they come in, you hear them like slowly float in with like uh, backpack uh, uh, backpack uh, thrusters. Yeah. They kind of go. <laughs> And then yeah. they have like a little beep to indicate that the the seal is secure. Oh. Yeah, cause, wow. Because I'll say in this movie it does it almost sounds like the boots are vacuum sealed to the thing. Yeah. So, like I I get what they were going for, but it literally sounds like there's like vacuum shoes or skunk. Yeah. Right, good skunk. I mean technically. You know, it makes me think of another movie that um, surprisingly I think is a Disney film. Mm. Um, I mean it's probably a Disney film nowadays, but. Um, let me look at uh, a movie what isn't it a Disney film sooner or later which one Mission to Mars yeah I've seen that yeah I yeah. probably I've have seen, seen it. it yeah I saw yeah. it was, it came out when we were in high school yeah yeah so we probably went went on a Friday I did not go see yeah. it with you I saw yeah. it nope because I wrote an article about it for the school paper yeah yeah Here, here's the thing she did on it's, it's, it's kind, of, did. A, it's kind yeah. of a doofy movie it is yeah but but I really like it but yeah. The reason why I really like it so much is because the sound design in it is actually quite nice. Hmm, really? Everything's got this very unique feel to it. Uh, and they also make a big point of the, how the sound design tells a lot of the story. Like, uh, they have a part where, like, this, this uh, strange broadcast, when they break it down, they actually break down the um, waveform, is actually, like, the form... That if they digitize it as is a is a DNA sequence, hmm. which was a really interesting concept. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, not to mention like uh, the the way they do like voices and other things in that in that movie is, 
I, I actually find very interesting compared to some other like sci-fi movies because mm. a lot of the sci-fi movies that try to ground themselves heavily in realism end mm. up slipping on the wayside in terms of sound design. Wow. And they don't have as much fun with it. Hmm. Well, I, wow. That's... I think, you know, one of those things with the sound itself and, you know, one of the best parts of the Foley is when they're on the ship and they're going upside down. And plus, they also gave the fact that, I guess, um, Worf gets sick when he's, when he's doing a spacewalk. He gets very, very, he gets, uh, he gets space sick. Uh, motion sickness. Yeah, but him having motion sickness to me is kind of odd because he's, you know, we just saw like a little less than an hour ago, he's, you know, him and Data are ripping apart the Borg. Mm-hmm. I can understand. You know, this as they do that and then, but yeah. The, you know, you got to have your flaws. Yeah. In this movie, we didn't it, have any blue barrels thrown at him, so he wouldn't be defeated by those, so we yeah. had to have something. I can yeah. understand motion sickness very well thank you oh i i can i can myself i can too See, i love that line though it's like do you remember your zero zero g training yeah. i remember it making me sick to my stomach yeah then he see he has that look and he just deflates yeah. what are you suggesting yeah and you know when they're walking and he said just you know just stare on the ship yeah just keep, keep, keep your eyes your on eyes. the hole he's just yeah. like oh okay yeah all right yeah <laughs> I can't help but uh, just think of that that moment where he has his, his, his little action line for the trailer, yeah. where he blows up the transmitter. You have it all yep. blow. It, the sparkles are going. You have like the last uh, yeah. few bars of the John Williams theme after yeah. the Death Star blows up, <laughs> and it cuts back to Worf just sitting there, just. <laughs> Just cut away immediately after that. <laughs> they do get the uh, get it taken care of. A very long scene where they're trying to undo everything the Borg is doing. Yeah, that was yeah, kind of like they're, they're trying <clears throat> to unlock the deflector <laughs> shield, yeah. deflector dish. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna preempt you a little bit yeah. because, uh, for for a little bit of my own narration. Good. Meanwhile, Go in the warp core, Data is having an ASMR session with the Borg. Yeah. 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 She takes a nice deep breath onto his skin graft. She's like, you feel that? She's like, I feel that. How are you making me feel I've that? I've got like the tinglings. I have a penis. Excellent. Probably the best meanwhile I've heard in a while. Okay, if he's programmed for so many sex moves, um, he is fully functional. Yeah, so who the fuck had to test that out? (laughs) I'm not sure who did the QA. Yes. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that this man freaked out feeling uh, air on his skin but he has made a point to remember the exact second where he hasn't had sex yeah which why is something that you just established that he felt nothing for <laughs> yeah <laughs> which there is the second favorite Star Trek meme don't bang the machines <laughs> don't bang the machines then Tashi R mm. <laughs> Talking about Tasha Yar. Let's go back to uh, Jordy, Mister. I made a holographic representation of my colleague so that I could sexually harass her. Yeah. 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 Jordy is problematic sometimes too. Yeah. But unlike Reg, he seems to learn after a while. He still he still strikes yeah, out with women constantly. Yeah. 
But you don't have to take his word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I went there. (laughs) Jordy continually strikes out with women, but he learns his lesson after a while. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's one of the funny things, and we haven't touched on that, is where um, Data is strapped down, but his head's on one of those things you got from Spencer's Gifts. Yep. Yes, while. those things. <laughs> the regeneration. Just, just laying in the back and just like, okay, and I'm like, I bought that for 20 bucks and it broke 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, like, again, I would not be surprised if there is an ASMR video out there recreating that exact scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, yeah, true. You get, you get ten hour warp core sounds on on YouTube. I, I wouldn't. I can't imagine that there isn't something to that effect. Hey, yeah. I'm not going to knock anybody for that. No, I mean, honestly, oh, no, no. Really no, there no. Was, no. I won't go into detail. There was a a while back. Joss and I were in a rough situation and highly stressful and the only way I could sleep some nights was to turn on the warp core sound on my phone and just kind of just zone out that way there's actually a reason for that um I can uh I'll I'll equate it to a story that I had when I was growing up um I lived on a sailboat for about 12 years um Mm -hmm. like 0 to 12 and one of the things that was a very common presence for me when I was on the ship was the sound of was the sound of the engine? Okay. Um, not even just the engine. Like, well, there was a lot of times when we were docked and the engine wasn't running, but we had an air conditioning running, which yeah. had a very similar uh, acoustic sound, uh, acoustic signal. You with the fan. And the sound of that monotony, that that steady hum, is soothing mm. to mm. the person because mm. it is an indication that all is well. Yep. Mm. constant steady sounds are reassuring because mm. it's a sound that we expect and we can slowly tune out wow and when that steady sound is happening anything undercutting that steady sound that's quieter is going to get drowned out mm-hmm. mm. this is why I like sleeping with a like nowadays I sleep with a fan because yeah, that's um, what I, do. I, have I have tinnitus so if I leave if I don't have oh, something man. playing I'm yeah. going to immediately wake up yeah. Uh, or if I have like a, or or even worse, if there's like true silence happening, yeah. my tinnitus isn't acting up. Yeah. My my brain has this tendency to start making up sounds in between yeah. my ears. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's like it's like, like the whole like my stomach growling or my heartbeat, and I'll be like, I okay. I ha- I I am such a light sleeper that any tiny little sound I hear, I wake up. Me so too. The dog jumps off the bed. The house moves. The wind blows a little too hard. I wake up. So if I don't have the fan going, forget it. I'm up all night. Yeah. See, our, yeah. our window when the wind's kicking up, our windows rattle for something fierce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll that'll just knock you right out of a sound sleep. Yeah. I. I so, yeah. It sounds like rain. Yeah. Engines going. Yeah. A yeah. Warm core. Yep. I. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah. I sympathize with you, man. I had to have surgery when I was 19 to correct all the tinnitus that I had. And, uh, yeah. It, I thought it was your adenoids. Yeah, the adenoids and the tinnitus and all, yeah. Every, everything with my hearing and everything was just off. I think I might have mild tinnitus because yeah. yeah. even when it's quiet, yeah. it still sounds like there's just like a, just like a minor pitch going on. Yep. Yeah. Like a yeah. vibration. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it was. Funny yeah, enough, I actually awful. paid an electrician to check out my house because I was convinced there was like some kind of vibration happening that was driving yeah. me crazy. 
until I went to another country and could still hear it. Oh, no. Oh. It's like, oh, shit, it's following me. Ooh, Have you ever man. had an MRI? Like, oh, it's me. Yeah. Have you ever had an MRI? If you haven't, you should, you should because there may be something you can do about it. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I actually recently just had a, a CAT scan. They're gonna, I'm going to be getting surgery for a deviated septum. Okay. Oh. Good luck with that, man. It should help a little bit. Yeah. They said it should help it, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it actually crossed. might. It yeah. actually yeah. It should, might. Should, it might, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're... Um, where are we here? So, oh, the board continues to assimilate the decks, and Worf uh, suggests, why don't we just destroy the ship? And no, you're a coward. What Picard, do you mean? And Picard's not having it, and yeah. calls Worf a coward. If yeah. you were any other man, I'd kill you where you stand. Because yeah. Worf is extra. That's a, yeah, that is a good line, though. I like yeah. how he yeah. goes, I'd yeah. kill you where you stand, and, and Picard doesn't immediately pull up the permanent record of the times Worf has had his ass handed to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, no. True. He's had, his, he's had the shit kicked out of him by barrels on right. more than one occasion. Oh. Right, yeah. Shattered so, spine, empty barrels. Yeah. <laughs> Was this Nemesis Donkey Kong? More or less. To a child <laughs> <laughs> Sloan, Lily confronts Captain Picard, makes him realize that he's acting irrational because his own past is becoming, of uh, becoming Lodicus of the Borg. Locutus. Locutus, sorry. Yeah. He yeah. just thought he was so cute. Yeah. And then, there is actually a funny thing because shortly after this movie was released, he began filming that uh, Moby Dick TV. TV movie. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, very shortly after works. this, yeah. and it was released in 1998. That's why, that's why he's acting like that because yeah. you know he's just building himself up yeah. for it. Yeah, and I love, I love the whole like Lily admitting she's never read the book. Yeah, and it's just like I, I do that with so much stuff just through cultural osmosis. Yeah, yeah. it's like I'll, I'll do references and like, oh, you read it? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like a, that's like the later half of uh, Douglas Adams' uh, anthology, yeah. or his books too. And it's like I know all about it, but the only the only I've really read the first two. Yeah, I most. read all of them. Uh, yeah. I read all of them. I have all of them. Yeah, I read all of them, and I've Sometimes read the same. Sometimes classical books are the best way to get to appreciate the deep cuts that they have in literature. True. Um, yeah, you're right. I, yeah. One of my roommates, she watches she watches the bejesus out of Pride and Prejudice. She's read the book. Yeah. And she's watched like five or six different iterations of it because mm-hmm. there's something that's great about Jane Austen books is that the acidic wit that is conveyed True. that is conveyed in those yeah. stories are yeah. just stellar. True. True, man. Yeah. I, I have read so many books. Yeah. I have never read any Jane Austen. Really? I have never Give her a shot. I really should try. Give her a shot. She has such a great sense of like wit to her. I really yeah. should. I, I, cuts, man. I, I had a I had a bad experience with Jane Austen because it was that it was that college professor I told you about. Yeah, that Dana. Uh, yeah. No, Dana was the one with Chaucer. Oh, okay. This was this was the other uh, college professor that when I walked in that room with a Y chromosome, I started with an F. Yeah. Oh wow! It just, yeah, it's basically yeah. I might have been able to work my way up to a C in that Oof. with her. It's just like, mm, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna back out of this this class and we're gonna try a different one. Yeah. And then I took a class on Jeffrey Chaucer, and now I know that the Miller's Tale is basically a long, dirty joke about someone getting a red hot poker up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, was it sealant up the toot? Yeah, scalded in the toot. It's yeah. one of those things about like having to expose yourself to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, stuff that's like real classics, and then the stuff that's just pretentious classic. Yeah. yeah. You start to you start getting good at identifying them. Yes. Right. Um, right. Yeah. There's a like for example, there's a film that got like all this critical acclaim way back when Citizen uh, Kane Dinner with Andre. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard, so it. I, heard of it. I hate this yeah. movie. I hate this movie because nothing happens in it. Yeah. yeah. It, is a, it is a movie about a a guy having a dinner um, with Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Yes. And and it's, it is a, it's just a dinner. Like, yeah. they just have a full hour and a half long dinner yeah. talking about whatever. And it's it's actually infuriating to, let, yeah. to, to sit through. Yeah, I, wa- I watched it with a couple of my friends, and like two of them fell asleep during it. And I can, uh, sum- yeah. I can save you an hour and a half of time and summarize a, a pretentious screenwriter invites his friend over for di- invites his friend to a restaurant to dinner so that he could ex- ex- so he can carefully explain why he shouldn't have to write his screenplay. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What is that movie? Wasn't yeah. there wasn't there a joke in the critic where they like recast instead of like Wallace Shawn or whoever it was? Uh, it's Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's perfect. I'm like, yeah. yes, this is fantastic. That would have been that sounds movie. like yeah. fantasy yeah. casting. Yeah, that would have been a better yeah. There's an episode of the show Community where actually yeah, they make they fun of that entire premise of that movie. That would have also been a yeah. better movie. And. It's where um, they try to get Abed out because they want to celebrate his birthday, and he wants to have dinner with Jeff and reenact dinner with Andre. <laughs> and I've seen dinner with Andre myself, and it's just awful. And it, even even um, uh, Jeff even says it himself. He's like, "This sounds like a really <laughs> terrible movie that should have never been made." Honestly, yeah. my my favorite part of that movie is yeah. Andre doing this whole thing where he's talking about like. You know, we've actually been asleep this whole time. We're, we're sheep, and our existence is a lie. And like about an hour into it, Wallace Shawn looks at him and goes, Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that got me too. I'm like, I'm like yeah, you are. You, know, you are, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, I may, like maybe like some like, film critic out there is like, Yes, that's... That's fascinating. But like, oh. I, I was, I was feeling Wallace Shawn on such a level that I'm like, are you? Sh- are, is he acting like that? <laughs> <laughs> You're a pretentious asshole. See, the more I hear about this movie, I don't think I could make it through this movie. You, no, you, you would. You, you and, I watched, and I watched Existo. I, yeah, yeah. Did okay. I watch Eraserhead. I watched Existo too. I've right? seen parts of Eraserhead. <laughs> I know it's I'll coming up on the two-year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm still sit- I'm still thinking about the time I had to sit through Intolerance, mm. which is it's okay. On, on one hand, it is a very important movie. Yeah, I understand why it's an important. Isn't movie. that the silent film? It is a four-hour silent film. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we tr- I think we I tried that. I don't mind silent films. I really don't. I don't know if I could do four hours. There are no. silent films out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are. Four-hour silent. Yeah. Films. I don't know if I can. I don't know. I can. I can. I can really handle a movie like. It's like when we did. Uh, what was it? We had Gone with the Wind. Yeah, we had to. Uh, like, have I, two episodes. Yeah. 
No, we did one straight episode, but I needed, like, time in between. I'm like, I need a break. It's I, like, I need to go take a lap. I'll be back. Yeah. Well, that's why they had intermissions in the past. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. I, yeah, right. Like, with I, the but I, had an intermission. Yeah, yep. but it's still, like, we got three hours in. I'm like, I have no, nothing well, here. because, like, back, back in the day, like, yeah. uh, movie theaters were less about watching the movie and more about having an excuse to have air conditioning. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, uh, a lot of the movies we watched in high school was just to be, you know, out of the sun for a Friday afternoon. So, yeah. Yeah. There, so, let me get in here. Oh, uh, Picard orders the activation of this uh, the ship self-destruct and orders the crew to head for the escape pods where he stays behind in order to rescue Data because he hears his voice randomly. Because yeah. Data's in the collective. Oh, yeah. Oh, because of the Borg implant thing that yeah. he apparently mm-hmm. has. Now I have I have one thing to say about like the evacuation of the ship and yeah. we get that cool scene where all the escape pods pop out and they're yeah. all they all like cool looking and geometric. There are aliens in his crew. Yeah. We at one point we absolutely see a bullion who has blue skin and a ridge down the middle yeah, of the Yeah, we face. do. Yeah. How are they gonna fit in? Right. What's On the Earth. plan? Yeah. They're not. They're going to be the gremlin that becomes the new uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> like, seriously. Oh, it's just, I was Honestly, like... You mean yeah. to tell me that they went out of their way to, res- to recover all those escape pods that are effectively meant to be used once? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. They probably just, like, transported them all into the cargo hold, or just a big fucking pile of them in the cargo <laughs> hold when they get back to the, to the present. A pyramid of them. Also, yeah. I want to back up just a little bit. Um, and go back to Earth for a second uh, to like Zephyr and Cochran back to Earth and everybody else um, when uh, when Jordy is telling him about like oh yeah like you I went to Zephyr and Cochran hi and there's a statue, you know, there's a statue yeah. of you and it's over here and he runs yeah. away and you know he's like he's freaking out yeah. essentially um, and he's like yo so that's not prime directive right, right yeah. exactly right, yeah. And he's basically essentially like, that's not me, and that's, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm, you know, this, this you know, is You this know is what not... Zephyr Cochran is? Dollar signs. Yeah, money. I'm doing it for money. I don't even like to fly. I take trains. It's, I look at that and I'm thinking in my own head, because that's essentially what our history books are like anyway. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. we... Glorifying they, everything. Yeah, they, it's, mm. it's... When we went to school, you know, you look at, yeah. you know, Benjamin Franklin and, yeah. you know, Washington and everything else, and they're put on a pedestal, at least when I went to school. Yeah. You're looking at all these historical figures, and, oh, yeah, you know, and they tell these you about, are great men. And, and they tell you about Washington's wooden teeth, and right. then you get older and you realize those weren't wooden teeth. No. No. That's... No. You no. find out the terrible truth later yeah. on when you're older. Yeah, or, yeah, so, that, yeah, his teeth were donated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and, yeah. so and, I, I, I kind of like the whole slap in the face that they yeah. kind of get. You know, right. The little reality yeah. check that you get there. Because, like, Zephyr Cochran apparently uh, becomes. Right, yeah. yeah. He kind of becomes a bit of a visionary, but he still he stays like start a that He way. still stays a little yeah. bit of that, you know, Montana dirtbag. But yeah. he becomes a bit of a ver- visionary later. And the fact that they quote him to him? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who's, that's that's yeah. some philosophical It's you nonsense. about ten years from now. You did ten years from now. Yeah. And they just turn... <laughs> he turns and looks at Riker like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to do no tap it tap. Yeah. But I like that. I like the whole yeah. Don't meet your heroes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, he might turn into a a better person. Yeah. He, ha- he has a cameo in the first few episodes of uh, Enterprise. Does he really? He does. Because yeah. Enterprise is set not that long after. All right. This. I, I like yeah. that. I think that's kind of cool. He's a very different. Uh, is it same it's, actor? It's still James James Conwell. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, I, I just like that little that little bit right there. Yeah. That's all. And um, I do like the fact that... Uh, Chino, what are you doing with my feet, dude? He's probably playing. <laughs> Chino's attacking shoes right now. Uh, I'm not wearing shoes either. So. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so he just Chino. wants to eat your feet. Yeah, but yeah. the... Um, Come on, fight me. Yeah, and um, I like the fact that you're right there, but how Cochran, like, when they're about to go ahead on the maiden voyage of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. and how he... Um, how he's like, wait, we forgot one thing, and then he you has to play. Can't take off without it. But how he plays Magic Carpet Ride. Yes. Yes. And is there? I'm like, yeah, but like, yeah, I like this guy even more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we gotta have the perfect song for this massive takeoff and this wonderful thing we're about to do. I also like the fact that they're not wearing spacesuits. Oh. No. Oh my no. god, I like the fact that they're wearing seatbelts. Yeah. Wearing yeah. seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole thing about seatbelts in Generation. Yeah. <laughs> Enterprise needs seatbelts. Yeah. Tuesday, so it's a Tuesday. So many problems would be solved in generation <laughs> with, uh, with seatbelts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, well, half the crew wouldn't even have to be in sick bay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number so, one, uh, why do you look like an accordion? Well, it was a Tuesday. It yeah, right, Tuesday. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, after <laughs> Tuesday it came about. So, yeah, this now, was all a Wednesday. So, were Jordy and Riker replacing two people that had died? I think so. In the, Technically, maybe, uh, When possibly? all the pieces of the... Borg sphere were raining down. Yeah. Oh, they were the two of them were geeking the fuck out. Too. Yeah, they were, like, they were having a yeah. yeah, and all, see, fun yeah. thing about Magic Carpet Ride, I just want to mention in Star Trek Online that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, when you get to like maximum level, you can specialize, and one of the pilot specializations, one of the abilities you get, is called Magic Carpet Ride. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Another one's called Rock and Roll, where you can make your ship do a barrel roll. And when you're doing something, in a, you're doing a barrel roll in something the size of the Enterprise D, it's just like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? <laughs> and How I, many Enterprises does this crew burn through? Uh, in, yes. In canon, through Star Trek Online, they're up to F. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they're on number six. Yeah. Yuck. How many do they burn through? Yes. All, <laughs> all of them so far. Yeah. Plenty of letters in the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I like how they, where they're about to go to the self-destruct and how he's like, you know, there's plenty of letters in the alphabet. Like, already he's planning on burning more. Yeah. They're really like, oh, okay, we're like, we don't use money. What the hell? Let's it's just the burn it out. Let's just make another one. Yeah. The whole thing, which yeah. kind of reminds me of... Um, yeah. Do you guys, did you guys ever see the Hobbit movies? Yes. No, no I haven't. But yes, yeah. I think yeah. I'm the only one okay, that's so yes. <laughs> I, 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 st- I stopped before the third one. Okay. Because I just, I felt like, okay, I got it. It's um, fine. Where, it was the Desolation of Smaug. This is like this one part that kind of reminds mm. me uh, with uh, Patrick Stewart's best friend, Ian McKellen. Yeah. Getting ready to go into the forest on yeah, yeah. But if you make your way in there without yeah. a proper guide, you would surely lose your mind and be lost forever. Yeah. Where Gandalf is seeking to help guide his friends through mm. the forest and make their way to deal with Smaug. It's at that moment that they're staring at the forest and then Gandalf looks at him and then says, 
oh shit, I need to leave, and then leaves. Yep. <laughs> and never comes back. <laughs> I've got to go. Uh, I, I feel like you could have done this earlier. Yep. <laughs> um. No, it's fine. You, you, surely you won't die. You'll be fine. It's okay. Is this that little nudge out the door he was talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Cochran Riker and Jordy are, you know, riding out in the space and also I think uh, Cochran's looking around like, Oh my god, this is really cool. It's like I'm actually in space yeah. and he's having that moment like he says he doesn't like to fly, but then he gets like out of Earth's orbit and he's just like Holy shit, look at this. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> Here, and then the uh, and during all this, the ones down on the pl- down on Earth have no clue what's happening on the yeah. Enterprise. So like, Riker and Jordy think that you know the Enterprise is just coming in to give them a send off. Yeah. In reality, the Borg Queen gonna shoot yeah. your ass. Yeah, and no, it, it, it's actually dumb. It's actually much dumber than that. Because yeah. Because now instead, it's Data deciding to play. Uh, trying to roll the dice and gamble yeah. just to yeah. have a dramatic, scary moment. Yeah. 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 I think, firing an actual goddamn torpedo. Right. What if, what if Cochran's like, oh crap, I need to sur- slow down the throttle a little bit, then actually gets the the measurements off that Data couldn't have possibly predicted. Right. right yeah. And Data yeah. turns around just like, oh. Yeah. Oh no. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Doodle. Do that. My okay. Yeah. And then let's let's yeah. let's go for the second piece where. Uh, in a world with transparent aluminum, Data punctures the incredibly puncturable plastic container mm-hmm. that contains the flesh-eating coolant. <laughs> yep. Because because we design things so... I mean, it's a world where the captain goes on an away mission, so, yeah. I mean, design flaws. Yeah, and also Data is incredibly strong in this. Yes. Well, he's yeah, supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, and it... But Remember it, he lifted an anvil once? Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. But he's incredible, yeah. But he also shows off his strength because he just, you know, does a minor shove to people and they're flying away. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, a minor pull. Again, I feel like that Data is not stronger than a forklift going 30 miles an hour. That should not be a puncturable tube. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He tried to kill me with a forklift. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Had a flashback and, there for a second. And you know the the Borg Queen grafted human skin gives him new t- data. Gives data new sense of touch. He's yeah. long desired. He, he wants to. And happy and have a face too. Have a face. Which, which is like they were still kind of just going a little further. That was just or, the makeup department yeah. going. Let's just do this. That looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, do you mind just doing this? No, not at all. Like, or just a little bit. Like my eye needs to breathe a little. Right. So, I just. I have. I have it does to... make me think of one of those kind of things where yeah. the queen looks at him and it's like, you know, I am. In, if anything, by definition, I am eight times more assimilatable than the average person. But if you want to do it this way, sure, be weird about it. <laughs> I mean, if, I mean, if that's your thing, then all right, sure, whatever. Now, I, ha- I do want to bring up one thing about, like, uh, you know, uh, data firing off the, the volley of quantum torpedoes uh, and then missing the Phoenix. Yeah. Those things, like yeah, those things are going to keep going. Those things are going to keep going. Yeah. 
You're right, yeah. Sir Isaac Newton is the deadliest son of a bitch in space, because when you fire something, it's going to keep going until it hits something. Yeah. So, randomly, in some random direction, out in the Beta Quadrant, some planet is going to get a tactical quantum nuclear strike on them, and just have no idea why. Why did Jada even do that if he wasn't really under her influence? I don't like know. Like, he's pretending. To make, it, to make it look good? Maybe he wouldn't do it to make it dramatic and exciting and to give Picard a heart attack. Yeah. Yes. yeah. He's a dramatic bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has all these new feelings, too, and his chip keeps going on and off. Yep. And, you know, he controls it, so he's like, oh, this would, you know, I think it'd really be like, that and would then, be and cool. Then, and then it cuts back to Data, and Data yeah. goes, resistance is futile. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, but that, yeah. that was, like, that like was for the trailer. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely for, like, for the trailer, the, that one shot. Oh, yeah. Trailer shot. Here, so, yeah, Picard actually offers himself to the Borg in exchange for the freedom, um, to be, uh, the cutest again here, but uh, Data also, uh, de he deactivates the self-destruct sequence too and fires the torpedo. But then also, through all this that we all just went through, like, yep. I think Picard's also very calm, trying to be calm, like maybe he has trust in what's going on. Uh, but it's, I think it's, Picard is silently freaking the fuck out, but he's got to keep that, that cool, collected exterior. Because yeah. he just... screaming. He, yeah, because yes. he had... <laughs> he had his freak out yeah. uh, in in the ready room. Yeah, and just like no, I'm gonna stay calm, but inside it's just like ah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's sweating. Right. He's like, yeah. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and for a brief beautiful moment, yeah. Picard looks down at the shattered spine of the queen, yeah. seeing that you know maybe deep down they could find a way to connect. Yeah, fuck that. Spine in half and it's metal. And put like okay. <laughs> Patrick Stewart was 56 at the time of this movie release. Mm -hmm. Patrick Stewart's in fucking amazing shape. Oh, yeah. At this point. Oh, like, he just... I mean, he still is. He's, like, what, in his, almost in his 80s he, now? He's 81. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's still in great shape. Yeah, but he is in particularly great shape, and I think they went a little bit influenced on Die Hard at this point. Just a little... Yeah. Because yeah. he was basically in, like, a... Well, in yeah, like a, that, yeah. That tank top. One of these movies where yeah. they have him go out onto the, into the <laughs> ship and have his final battle, like the time when he went onto the solar sailor by himself <laughs> because they needed to have the climax and instant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's or it's like um, the only thing that he did there was get the crap beaten out of him once and then teleport away just as the thing blows up. Yeah. I'm like, why did you have this fight? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Insurrections up next. We're uh, on our on our journey here. We're going to be skipping uh, Nemesis because it's just it's out of our time frame. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if you want me to be honest, I I would argue that Nemesis has more of a reason to exist than Insurrection. Well, we're going chronologically, and if we if we skip Nemesis, it means we get to do Galaxy Quest. If you want that to count, okay. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it counts. It's, it's a great movie. It is a great movie, and it deserves every bit of love that it, yep. that it counts. I think it counts. That'd be good, yeah. So the Borg threats neutralize when the android uh, coolant tank vaporizes everything, and, you know, yeah, when he snaps that, it's like you can see that he's definitely been built up, but... Yep. For a 56-year-old, he is in fantastic shape. I mean, they did... I was like, damn, Picard! <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay! Like, they're here. So then they, the uh, Cochrane completes his warp flight here. The next day, there, there is a good point where he's like, Is that Earth? It's it so small. small. It's going to be able to get a lot bigger. It's good. Yep. 
because and that you know <laughs> we end up warp and uh, hit the planet at terminal velocity. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they had to take a moment to appreciate that the first time they went to warp, they didn't accidentally warp through the planet. Right. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. The next day, the crew watches a distant alien Vulcan ship, and uh, attracted by the Venus warp, landing on Earth, and Cocker and Sloan greet some of the aliens. And, and he tries to teach them to dance, but they're not into it. <laughs> and here's the and thing. And gives them alcohol. <laughs> and here's the thing. Zephram Cochran cannot do the Vulcan hands, uh, hands, hands, like he, yeah. he physically, like, yeah. just he cannot do yeah. it. So that whole thing of him trying to do it and then just shaking their hands it's just like it's because James Cromwell can't do it really yeah. <laughs> my boss yeah. can't do it either it's a good she, touch. she tried to do it today yeah. she can't do it and then, <laughs> and then we get back to the Enterprise and somehow yeah. the Vulcans didn't see the giant super advanced ship they were hiding behind the moon somehow yeah. master time travel and, re- and managed to go home yeah. It's easier than slingshotting yeah, around the, the sun. Last, the last 15 minutes of this movie, you just have to keep saying somehow. Right, yeah. Yeah, somehow somehow it happens, and it's... I think you, like where you said it at one point, it's... Um, it's a it's a thing you could turn this movie you could turn your mind off. Yeah. Like, at some point you kind of have to. At, there are points and just enjoy you, a movie. There are points where yeah. you have to remember the mystery science theater. Stupid, it's not like in any way the. the yeah. In, indicative of the next generation. Nah. But no. it's fine. It's, it's, it's a fun flick. Fine. Insurrection feels more like an actual episode of yeah. of Next Gen writ large. Yeah, but like a bad one. Yeah, I mean uh, I mean let's let's face it, there were more bad ones than good ones. Yeah. Code of Honor. Yeah. I, I would put it I would put insurrection about a point or two higher than the one time where Beverly Crusher has sex with <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. One or two points higher. That is still unwatchable in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, Insurrection's not my favorite movie, but there are a few really fun bits, like how we find out that Data's ass is a flotation device. <laughs> and just, like, the random jokes that they have, I think, are great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. So, why don't we tell you a little bit more about 4041 Media uh, with our parent co or the parent company, and we will be right back for Fantasy Casting. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Sake Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free? To subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, not to mention our confidence, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back! Oh, man, this Chino's one... Chino's happy. Yeah. Yep. Chino's definitely happy. Yeah, a little bathroom break. Yeah. Yeah, I took Chino outside, and he feels much better now. Yeah. And hell, so fantasy casting, who's got what? 
Okay, I had an idea. Okay. What if instead of Data, it was the EMH doctor, like from Voyager? Well, that... Hmm. Like, how solid is he? It depends on what okay, point in the series. Ricardo is a phenomenal actor. The yeah. problem, like, if you're doing it as the character, I yeah. don't know entirely how much sense it would make to do... That's... The EMH with the board. That's yeah. why we rolled it. They would to completely change things in the movie. Yeah. Um, because, well, yeah, they wouldn't be able. Who knows how they'd be able to assimilate them? Yeah. A mobile emitter. They'd have to. I think they'd have to go straight through the, the emitter. Ah, uh, dice don't like it. Yeah, it hits eleven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. so my idea isn't so much a fantasy casting, so much as it's like a side movie that I would love to see. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched Lower Decks yet or seen no. any of it. Yeah. Have you seen the, the show Lower Decks? I have not. Uh, I've it's... heard about it. I've heard good things about it. Oh, I've actually heard it's pretty solid. Uh, my, my director, Daniel Orrick from Sojourn, yeah. says it was actually a pretty solid series. I have, it's we funny. Haven't, yeah. We haven't seen the whole thing yet. We're, we're like maybe four episodes in. Yeah. It's so good. I want to see a movie during the events of like this movie but from the perspective of the lower decks. Yeah. Just like maybe not maybe not Boimler and, and Rutherford and all of them, but like a cartoon of what happened in the lower decks and it's basically just them following them around as they're trying to avoid getting assimilated and shit. Like I think that would be a fun maybe not maybe I not like agree. a maybe yeah. not a feature length, but like yeah. a two parter episode sort yeah. of thing. I could see that being fun. So, or like a web short. Yeah. Yeah, it's maybe. a yeah. see. Uh, exactly 20. Exactly 20, so, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, get working on that, Paramount. So what happens? Well, it, in the perfect world, it means it, it means I get to see this movie eventually. Okay, so what what is this? What do I do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, basically, you think of something that you would... Somebody that you would want to swap out in the movie for someone else. You roll 2d20, and if you get a 20 or above... You swap out that person, and how would it change then, the film? Yeah, then we can discuss how it would change the the feel, or just like the movie, just like the movie in general. Yep. Um, a okay. common a common thing we do uh, for forty forty one media. Our patron saint is Christopher Walken. So we try to shoehorn. We him try to shoehorn him in somewhere in every movie we're, we're, we're talking about. We had him as the Federation president back in Undiscovered Country. Yeah. Um, well, at that point, you might as well make him Zeph from Cochran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I, that's that I was, was actually mine. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had one. I didn't have one other one, too, but I want to roll for that. Okay, let's see what we got. Zeph from Cochran is Christopher Walken. Oh, hell no. Uh, that's a 13. 13. I don't even uh, like to fly. Yeah. I, I've, got, I've got one. I've got one. Okay. Just, uh, since we're going to be, got, like, the first thought that I would have is, like, like realistically in my head the, the two that came to my mind was yep. Randy Quaid is Ephraim Cochran okay and, and why not uh, Angelina Jolie is the board queen sure I'm going to go in a completely different direction sure. I'm going to go into a completely I different could see direction alright I'm going to propose Jeremy Irons as the board queen <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love where it. Paul, I, love I am it. the collective. Please you do know, it. I want to argue, and but I've I can't. always consider myself perfect. I love it. Please do it. Please do it. <laughs> do you want to roll with your dice, or do you want me to roll for you? Do it. Uh, do it. Do go it. Go right ahead. Please. <laughs> That's a 
that's a 15. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because oh. I, I want to I, argue I that. I still want to see it. <laughs> I want to argue that, but I can't. I'm going to try another one, but this is okay. more of like not in related to the movie, but more of a what-if scenario. Sure. Yeah, 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 good. Yeah. I would love... Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, uh, Star Trek Voyager, there was an instance where yeah. uh, the Borg got screwed up very badly, mm. where they actually had been fragmented so badly that they can barely function. Mm. I want a spin-off series about the Borg Collective after that event, where you follow about five... Uh, you follow about... Uh, a handful of board queens and a yeah. bunch of drones trying to form the closest thing that they could define as a government in a board collective. <laughs> Damn. And make it a comedy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, fuck, I'd watch yeah. it. Oh, I got, I got a 16. Oh. I kind of want to yeah. know what would happen if seven of nine was in this. Well, see, they do—they do kind of do something like that in the Delta Quadrant part of Star Trek Online, because uh, Hugh comes back, uh, and you get to meet uh, a whole bunch of liberated Borg who have made uh, made themselves the Borg Cooperative, rather than the Collective. Well, yeah, but like, I feel like that's like the the liberated board thing, that's more of like people trying to recover from being part of that thing. But well, what that, if you were actually the board trying to adapt to the infection of individuality as a, well, we can't avoid this. We have to find a way to keep this together. Okay. Mm. Okay. Right. What happens when the board queen dies? Do they pick a new one? Does she go beamer mine well, somewhere else? Well, they all dying. Yeah, they, they, I, yeah. they actually explain that there's several board queens. Yeah. Yes. Did, did some lady get to have to eat royal jelly in order <laughs> to become one? I mean, go, goopy like nanite filled royal jelly. Uh, yeah, like the board, the board queen is not a specific individual. It's basic, like as she explains, she's like the. Uh, like the representation of the collective basically for the lesser races that can't quite you know yeah. wrap their brains about around it like the the people who can, like the, the the species who can't handle what the collective is the Borg queen is a thing to kind of give the give the Borg a face oh, oh okay almost. because like the Borg queen like when the Borg queen dies in this She's not dead. Like her consciousness just goes back into the collective and recoalesces somewhere else. Right. That's what I was wondering. I I have one here that I just thought of. It wouldn't change much, but it would be so interesting to see. Um, I'm gonna grab the dice on this. Alright. Uh, instead of Brent Spiner playing uh, playing Data, we have Robin Williams. Okay, them's fighting words, but okay, Yeah. Let's, let's it's And it hits 20. Hmm. It's just... It is... I'm walking a fine line on this because I do love Brent Spiner's data, but just seeing Robin Williams play this, it reminds me of his one-hour photo movie and how he can play dramatic, he can play this, but to see Robin Williams, also the fact of the Borg Queen giving him skin, he's like, I have skin under here! 
That makes it just, me. Yeah, but if it was Robin Williams, like I have, I have fur. Yeah. Oh, geez. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I have skin. There's skin under here. Oh wow. There's like. <laughs> you know, al- alternative uh, suggestion on that. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh my god. Yes. An alternative, alternative. Bender from Futurama, because he gets turned human into one episode. Woo! Yeah, I'm the idea of him being like, Deja, you've always wanted to be human, isn't it? Well, my wife told me that I wanted to be, but you know, she never really got what she wanted either, did she? Is it? Is it hot in here? You want me to feel? It hits a 17. Oh, wait, uh, that one's, there's one crack. Hold on. The, it's a crack die. It's not a perfect track. 25. All right. Oh, yeah, that one here. That's better. <laughs> okay, so. To hell with the orders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Bender turned human. Yeah. And then he just ate a bunch of food and got fat and then died. And, and died. And, and he's like, Woo! but he's still making noises. No, that's just air escaping from the skin folds. <laughs> All right. I also thought of another one. Good. Yeah. Okay, what do we got? This is stupid. <laughs> if you replace Tata with Yo-Yo because he's unseducible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, just so you, so you know, he would um, not know anything yeah. of what. Yeah. What she's saying is it? We're talking uh, Yo-Yo. We're talk, it's a character from a Holmes and Yo-Yo. From Holmes and Yo-Yo, a short-lived seventies sitcom. Seventies yeah. sitcom. About a robot about a, cop. A robot detective <laughs> and his human partner. <laughs> it is. It is goofy as hell, but it's remarkably fun. <laughs> yeah. Somebody if should remake that. It. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like Mark and Mindy. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you want to put vaudeville in your procedural? Like, <laughs> yes. that, that, that's basically it. All right, so. But, um. Yeah. Because I'm. Okay. Yeah. Give it a roll. Let's yeah. see. Ooh, it's 23. 23. Okay. <laughs> but that doesn't beat the 25. Nah, that's nah. That's all right. We can still have. I, we can bring John Shuck back in again. I love the Rodney Dangerfield mm, thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see uh, all the. You know, the Borg Queen's double entendres being taken at face value. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't know anything about romance. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it just made me think of, like, the just, just replace all the scenes of, like, the Borg Queen with, like, Mr. Bean. Don't actually have the Borg Queen talk. She just has... All of, like, Mr. Bean's face, like, he looms over Data, just like... Oh, my God. I I don't understand what you're trying to accomplish. Then he, like, strokes his hand over Data's weird skin patch, and he's... Oh, no. It's twenty two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, I was picturing I was picturing data replaced with, you know, the Rodney Danger uh, re- replaced with Yo Yo. And the whole just like not getting the innuendos. And <laughs> yeah. just like 
I was picturing like the Borg Queen just kind of looking at a drone, and they're just like exchanging looks, just like and going back to what they were trying to do. And then the Mr. Bean thing happened. And now my brain is just like, no, I'm shutting down. Good night. <laughs> I just picture a lowered and you just it's, it's for the screen purpose, but you just have lowered like this and, just, and then this spot is just Click I had one more idea. Okay. Okay, what do we got? Yeah. What if we replace the director with Quentin Tarantino? I haven't done that in a while. Oh jeez! So uh, much feet. There's a lot more, more pop music. A lot more defined toes. Yeah. Much more violence. <laughs> Borg feet. Yeah. Here's the thing that I would say I about Tarantino is that I feel like he's his own worst enemy in a lot of scenarios. Oh yeah. He's, he's great with he's great with in with uh, unimportant dialogue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you give him something where he needs to focus, he has he starts to struggle a bit. Yeah. Yes. Um. A great example of this Page recently was, uh, did you ever see the movie Four Rooms? Sounds familiar. Yes, yes. Um, so Four Rooms was a, uh, it was a film done in 1995 uh, that was directed by uh, oh, wait, I do know this. Alexander Rockwell, yeah. uh, Robert Rodriguez, and Quentin Tarantino. It was like a little mm -hmm. project just for that. Yeah. Something, you know, fun. Uh, same movie, but four different directors. Yes. Quentin Tarantino's scene was easily the weakest one mm. because so much of his scene is just them talking about nothing, but it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Right, right, yeah. Where it's actually like a focus. Yeah, point. yeah. Like, you don't realize what's happening in Quentin Tarantino's section of the movie for, like, after, like, halfway into it, whereas right. everybody else's... Like five or six seconds in, like yeah. here's the conflict. Okay, you know what the mm. problem is, right? Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Or yeah. You have an idea of what's going to happen. Yeah. So Quentin Tarantino doing this movie, I don't. I feel like that. I've never seen him do a sci-fi. No. No. There was rumors that yeah, he was going right. to do a Star Trek movie. What? But yeah, I, I, I remember. Like he would, I feel like he'd have a hard time with. Yeah. Fiction. Yeah. He was toying yeah, with it, but he did. It didn't manifest. Yeah. There would be uh, more rock songs. Yeah. 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 A little more than Magic Carpet And they Roger. did focus on feet. Remember the magnet boots? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And weren't there Borg feet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. There, weren't, there weren't like individual toes like lovingly draped out of a car window. <laughs> <or anything>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. The movie would never get yeah. to the point. No. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. It's kind of like it's the same thing we said about him with Death Proof. Yeah, yeah, that never really got to it, and then it's like when you saw it in the second pass, you're like, oh, now I get it. Like it, it you're right. Yeah, you're right. Which is yeah. which is why Planet Terror is a better movie. Planet Terror is a far superior movie in those. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So you want to roll for it or? Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't. No. Not yet. The. No, it's not no. happening. No, this doesn't take it at all. And the dice are here's, here's The dice are not being kind tonight. I've, I've got one last one. Okay. Let's replace the director instead of Quentin Tarantino, Neil Bloomcott. Why do I know that name? Neil Bloomcott. He's the guy that did. He's the guy that did. Um, uh, oh, oh. Uh, he did Chappie, but he also did District 9. Ooh, right, yes. yes. Okay, yes. okay. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen Chappie, but District 9 was amazing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I, alternatively, um, one second. I need to figure out who was the director for this one movie. Um, okay, okay. Here, all right. Either either Neil Blomkamp or Alex Garland. That was Alex that Garland means- was the guy who did the directing for uh, of the two movies um, Ex Machina and Annihilation. Yeah. Okay. And Annihilation, probably one of my favorite sci-fi movies of of the year came of the year came out. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it. I should probably go check it out. Yeah, and he was a story supervisor for Devil May Cry, too. Uh, Okay. I just keep thinking when you say Neil, I'm like, are you going to say Neil Breen? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no. No. What if this movie was directed by Neil Breen? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It'd be be interesting. the most secret of Borg's secrets. I'll go with Neil Bloomkamp. Yeah, I I think Bloomkopf would be pretty, yes. yeah. Because have you seen <laughs> District 9, though? Yes. yes. It's so good. Ooh, yeah, that was um, a very well done movie, I've yeah. Got, I've got a 22. Nice, okay. All right. Alex, I dig it. Alex Garland also did Dread. Yeah. Right, yes. Yeah. Dread, yeah. which is really technically the raid, but it's still yeah. good. It's a good movie. All right, it's a, so... That's actually a really good underrated movie. Yeah. Good I love movie. Dread be- I love Dread because, you know, basically, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Urban pulls that whole movie together acting only with his chin. Yep. Yeah. What? Yeah. Have yeah. you asked Dread? He never takes his helmet off, so yeah. it's literally just like from here down, yeah. and yeah. that's okay. the... He acts yeah. the whole movie using just his chin. Yeah. Hey man, I only only person I would say that I have to give a one up on that one is um, uh, Pascal and uh, Mandalorian. He yeah. didn't even have a chin. True that. Oh, oh sorry, buddy. All right. Mm. Oh, I scared him. Yeah. Sorry, Chino, bud. All right, there, man. so... He got spooked. All right, so why don't we wrap this one up here, and um, we'll do our little plugs, and... Um, I just want to go on on record as well, uh, just recommending for the listeners. Please find Hell of a Boss under yes. there because it is da- it is a damn good project, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. And uh, thank you for releasing that to the world, Kennedy, and being a part uh, of that. I mean, that. I'm not the one that directed it. But yeah, it's yeah, but still, it's you know, you're on the team for it, and if yeah. it wasn't for you, it wouldn't have been there anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Kennedy, thank you very much for joining us here. And uh, you want to plug a contest too? Oh, right. Um, if you go to the Kaz Foxen uh, Facebook page, you can enter a picture of your pet for a chance to win. A, um, I'll draw your pet as a cartoon um, pet portrait on a mug. Have that printed up for you. Yes. Um, the winner is whoever's pet photo gets the most votes. Yes, please, please, please. So go that'll to be it. running until February twentieth, twenty twenty one. She does new stuff because it's yep. adorable. Just we, have, we have we have one. We have Chino on a mug over there. I have, to run, I have to run to grab it. It's yeah. like our dog has merch. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, there's a few things. And plus, you all like talking about your babies on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. All you like doing it. So please, 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 just get some free stuff. Why not? Our chance for it. Kennedy, where can we go find you online? Uh, yeah, uh, you could find me um, at MagusElgar.com. That's the name of my show. Uh, that's M-A-G-U-S-E-L-G-A-R.com. You can also find me on YouTube and Twitter as Magus Serling. 
that's uh, Magus, M-H-E-U-S, Sterling, like Rod Sterling. Or, you know, like Sterling Silver, but without the T, if you want. Um, usually I'm posting stuff about whatever I'm animating or, or whatever I'm helping sound design or helping get work on. And sometimes I'll give little interesting factoids about Hell of a Boss, Hasman Hotel, or whatever it is I'm working on at the time. Uh, sometimes I'll even do casting calls for projects I'm working on. Mm. Uh, so yeah, feel free to hit me up. I'm usually open to talk about whatever. <laughs> um, and that's about it. Awesome. Very good. Thank you very much for being on the show. You've been amazing. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, man. So we are Movie Theater Time Machine. It's always been a pleasure assisting you and... Uh, Kennedy, again, thank you for joining us as well, and um, we want to uh, thank you much for listening. Share us anywhere you can. Visit our website, 4041media.com. Be good, take care of yourself, and let's take care of each other.